deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we have kind of a banner week this week. Um, there's no news, not even anything that I can like spin into Harry Potter news or Twilight news. Well, like they say, no news is good news. But uh, I realized as as the clock was bearing down on me as I was putting together uh, the notes for this episode that 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 there really was. Even more so than past weeks, like nothing to talk about about Twilight or Harry Potter in the news this week. So I am I am throwing a flag on the play. I am making an executive decision. I am uh what's another good like what's another good like one of those phrases, you know? I'm I'm Hmm. I don't I got I, nothing for that. I'm get getting I'm, into the ring. I'm putting <laughs> we're, the, we're putting the flag down on the ring. We're we're gonna start wrestling. Hell yeah! This is a new, this is a WWE podcast. Oh wait, Finally. no, I guess, uh, I guess that's not great in the news either at the moment. Um, uh, no, uh, I'm I'm gonna say let's let's just hang out. Let's just chat for a bit. We we haven't had a chance to do a a, a common room in a while because we've you know been been so busy. But uh, maybe maybe we can get a little bit of that energy here before we get into our chapter this week. Ah, oh, we're chilling. We're it's chillin'. a chillin' week. That's we're pretty chillin'. nice. It's like a late start in school, you know? Oh, no, what? <laughs> oh, like like a snow day? Late yeah. start? Yeah, yeah, snow oh, okay. day. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. What you drinking today? Uh, well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I have a new a new bevy here that I've discovered. Mm-hmm. It's actually not a new bevy, but it's a it's a it's a zero sugar variant of a bevy that I used to love a lot. Um, and also, I, I'm sure that everyone can tell from the way I sound, but I'm in like allergy zone big time at the moment. Oh no, yeah. Um, and so I'm just like guzzling water and like sports drinks and stuff. And uh, there's a zero sugar cool blue Gatorade now, and I've been drinking that. And that's Ooh, my favorite. delicious. I, yeah. I like the green one that has the cucumber flavor in it. Yeah, yeah. The the like the lima, lemon cucumber one. Yeah, that one is delicious. Yes. That that is a top tier beverage. I don't know if they do a zero sugar version of that. I should check next time I go to the store. I th- they do, because I only drink the zero sugar mm. ones. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. highly yeah. recommend. I wish I had one of those right now. Yeah, those are those are super refreshing. I discovered recently that the flavor of zero sugar monster that i always get also has cucumber in it and i'm starting to think that cucumber is like that is the key to a refreshing bevy it is so refreshing put it just like a cucumber slice in a glass of water even you know Mm -hmm. just like yeah that 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 that's a that's my miracle cure right there absolutely um but yeah no i'm i'm in allergy town i am like you know, drinking tons of water and, and I, I'm trying to get all my electrolytes in or whatever. It's 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 rough over here. Yeah, it's a bad it's a bad season for that. Yeah, it's I'm I'm so do you have the problem? So I like I like to sleep with the window open. I like mm. the fresh air at night. 
Um, but that is very difficult now because if I do that, I will wake up and just have like the outside in my nose. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. That's so that's a no go. But it's so stuffy overnight if I don't do that. And I think that makes me feel worse because then I'll wake up with like a headache, you know, if it's hmm. just like stuffy. Hmm. And shit. So I'm I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I need like a air purifier or something. I think I must be weird because I hate having windows open. That's oh, my really? thing. I hate having oh. windows open in the car. I hate windows open in the house. Um, I can't stand fans. Like I hate air blowing mm. on me. Oh, like the, just the sensation of air moving around yep. you. Yep. Yeah. Can't stand it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, but what about like AC? Are you fine with AC? Is it just like the moving? You know, uh, like if it's like if it's on me, I don't like it. Okay, you, but so like you can deal with AC as long as it's not blowing it on you. You know, yep, like exactly. Okay, so not next to the vent or anything. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's huh. my thing. So no, I guess I don't have that issue. But I also don't have allergies, so I'm 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 lucky ah, in that regard. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm I am I am stuffed the fuck up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll thank my lucky stars. It's uh. It's it's allergies and not COVID, you know. Like, oh, I'll I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. Oh, is that still happening? Is that still happening? That's is that so still crazy. going on? Is that? Yeah. I live with this like constant paranoia because when I'm like at my real job and stuff, it's like I'll see someone and they've got like they've got the uh, box of tea that's like the throat coat one mm. that is like I have a sore throat and I just have to like side eye them, be like, yeah. uh huh. <laughs> You having to like do like Sherlock Holmes analysis on what people say and what they've got in their bags and stuff to try and figure out if you should like <laughs> stay away from them. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah. It's spooky out there. It's 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 a little scary out there still. But that's okay. That's okay. We're we're chilling. We're podcasting. We're in the we're in the temporary common room right now. Right, yeah. Uh, what are, what are you up to? What are, what have you been, what have you been doing? Well, similar to last week, I've been reading the <laughs> hit series Maximum Ride. Yeah, you finished book two, right? I did. I did finish book two, which, by the way, I mean, Maximum Ride, spoilers for this entire segment, um, ends inexplicably with the, a clone of the main character showing up and then they have a fist fight and the main character wins the fist fight and is like, no, I will not kill the clone because I'm not as bad as you guys. Oh, I'm the better fuck. person. Except like, I mean, throughout it's like throughout the whole book, it's sort mm-hmm. of teased that there's going to be a clone. Like, like she sees <laughs> and is like, I saw one of me with the bad guys. But there's no... Oh. Um, there's no reason, right? There's nothing other than that. It's like, yep, there's a clone fight now. That's happening. And then it just sort just of like ends. Appears. Hell yeah. yeah. That was, what year was this one? Uh, this was the like, first one was in 2005. So let's see. Maximum Ride. School's Out Forever. Came out in 2006. Oh, wow, a year turnaround on that one. Oh, yeah. Not even. Yeah. That's cuz that's cuz Jimmy Pat is uh is <laughs> on it. Pat. Okay, explain the Jimmy Pat thing. You made an incredible <laughs> discovery the other day that I've been thinking about ever since. The... Yeah. Yeah. So imagine being me and the it's finally finally 
<laughs> the very exciting mail day. You've been waiting a week for um, Maximum Ride uh, Saving the World and Other Extreme Sports, which is what, what the third book is great, called. Great title. And for some reason, it's really slow from from Amazon.com, but it's been it's been a week, and you crack that sucker open, and what do you find? But a um, okay, the thing is, is like the first two books are told entirely from Max's perspective, with <laughs> maybe one chapter that's not told from her perspective, and then all of a sudden, the third one has like multiple POVs, just oh, completely shit. randomly. Which kind of drives me a little bit crazy because I'm like, make a decision and stick with it, please. Um, but then, you know, you're reading the second chapter and it's from Fang's perspective and he's like the cool boy character and yeah. he's got black wings and like long dark hair and he's like brooding and doesn't talk very much. Um, and he has a blog that he's blogging about. With a special laptop that they got that has satellite internet, by the way, so he can blog Ooh. at all times. And the blog is starting to get get some traffic. Um, and then in the text, in the text, <laughs> it has a parenthetical that says uh, maximum maximum ride dot blogspot dot com, and. And there is a website. There is an in-universe blogspot <laughs> that still that still exists on the internet uh, to this day. This needs to be archived. It's so important. It's such a good time capsule for like the years this book was popular. Yeah, he's it's posting about like TRL and shit. It's amazing. Yeah, there's like there's like a post that is like bet you all if um heard the new death or no i bet you're all death cab fans um here's a <laughs> new, here's a new song uh from ven gibbard i found it on this blog uh you'll need quick time to listen to it i love the idea so first of all i i i I, I want to believe, I have to believe that James Patterson was in control of the blog. He he wrote Please. the blog. We and believe the, it, yeah. The, the image of James Patterson like walking up to some teens at the mall and going like, <laughs> I bet I bet some of you were Death Cab fans. Have you heard the new Ben Gibbard? Is so fucking funny to me. Oh, it does like MySpace references. There's like Oh, it's incredible. I mean, half of it is ads, right? Like, there's an yeah. ad for another James Patterson, like, YA series on there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, in one of the posts, because it's written as if it were written by Fang, calls him Jimmy Pat. J Jimmy, Jimmy Pat. Pat wrote a new and book. There's There was one, because the thing is, is like, most of it is just like straight promotional stuff. Like, he's linking the Ben Gibbard song and going, hey, check this out. He's like linking to those other books that you're talking about and talking about, like, you know, Amazon deals or whatever. But then a couple of them are just, like, weird, weirdly, like, backhanded posts about, like, Vampire Weekend. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, like there's I, a... I can't believe Max likes this terrible band with a video <laughs> of Vampire Weekend. He's just making fun of the Vampire Weekend guy for wearing a white tuxedo in one of the music videos. Like, ah, oh, get a load of this g ugly guy. Like, whoa, Fang. That's, ju that's just how cool Fang is. Jimmy Pats, calm down. <laughs> it's it's truly like the experience of a link, like an a URL to a like yeah. ARG blog. 
uh, is so that's just what the 2000s were like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this is this is what the torch that uh, Wattpad people are carrying. You know, uh huh. Like we we've talked before about how delightful delightful it is when the when the Wattpad stories will have like. And here's a, you know, link to my Tumblr where I have all the outfits planned or whatever, right? But, like, this is pretty similar. Like, hey, here's this character's blog to read along with the story. Is That's that's so funny. Yeah, and, like, part of, I mean, I'm not very far into the, um, the new one. You know, <laughs> I'm probably only 20 chapters in or something like that. So only, <laughs> only 20 things have happened so far. Um... But the in-universe, like, what is happening in the book is that um, Fang has started blogging about sort of their experience and putting, like, clues to their mystery out out in the blogosphere mm. um, so that people will, like, help them figure out what's going on. So there's, like, this sort of, like... Um, like paranormal investigation side of things. And I am like, it, it really does feel a little bit like this, this parallel ARG that's happening with the book that you're reading. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's what the two thousands were like. Cause they, yeah. it was like all, everyone was with money was trying to figure out what they were going to do with the internet. They were yes. like, how do we do this? Yeah. And really yeah, like, trying to figure that out. And they were really? like, I guess we have a blog. I guess we have a blog. I guess we hired the I Love Bees people to try and make something for us, right? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it was a weird time, and like, like you know, the the it was post dot com boom. So like, yep. like everyone everyone has 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 a website is like it, it's this weird middle space where like everyone has a website that's sort of like taken for granted. But like, what you're doing with the website, like multimedia wise, and like. I I don't know like like all that stuff was in such a weird space of like uh uh not n- no one was really there was no standard for like what a like where the trailers on your website went you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like like everything was still a little a little non-standard uh like pre YouTube and pre um. Uh, I guess this would have been like right around YouTube, right? This book, like, like this would have been right at that at at the beginning of like YouTube taking off and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was like, oh, maybe there was a little YouTube, but also you could listen to the Ben Gibbard song on QuickTime or on MySpace. <laughs> There's always MySpace is a line in the blog that I thought was really funny. There's oh. always MySpace. There's yeah. always MySpace. It feels like such a time capsule. Also, the style has slightly changed, and I'm wondering if this one James Patterson didn't write, or it's oh, a really? different, or it's a different ghostwriter. Yeah, I'm so curious how much of all of it because this would have been well into the point where like James Patterson is like a brand, right? And has mm-hmm. like his, and it's it's always weird. Like, Hans Zimmer, the composer, is very similar mm-hmm. in this regard, right? Where, like, his name is on everything, but you can tell when it's really him. Yeah. And and I, I would love to... I don't know enough about James Patterson to be able to, like, you know, read it and pinpoint, like, oh, this is, this is him, and then this is not. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to know, like, what those, uh, you know, what, what, what those, like, signifiers are. Right. I, I I also am like, if it is 
written by the same person. It almost feels like because it is such a departure and it has multiple POVs and all that stuff, I'm like, that gives away the game a little mm-hmm. bit. So I almost think that it is the same person by by the the new choice being too bold if they were just trying to pretend right. it was the same right. person, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. it is like an interesting mystery um, yeah. which one, you know, I've been kind of dipping into the fandom a little bit and seeing what's up, right? I've gone on to, like, the Maximum Ride subreddit and the Maximum Ride, like, Tumblr sphere and all these things. And and what an interesting dynamic that fans have with an author where it is questionable if the author even wrote the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you... How, like like because the thing the the fact that James Patterson sort of has like a um like an apprenticeship farm type thing right mm-hmm. like that's that's pretty that's pretty open secret I feel you yeah, know like yeah I mean all the books where it's like James Patterson and someone else right I think yeah. all of those are just like he didn't write those obviously yeah. he 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 answered some emails about them right right like, yeah he signed off on some stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very funny. There's, there's a lot of fandoms. I mean, like, Harry Potter is sort of, like, approaching this, but it's never gonna get there fully. But it's, like, it's, it's entering the same zone of, like, the antagonistic relationship between the fans and the creator, right? Where, like, it's, it's not really an act of reclamation, but there's just, like, a constant sense of frustration with the, with the... The creators in a way that I always find really funny. I mean, the the big one of these that I always think about is um, the the people who got really into shipping the Detroit Become Human characters. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> where 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 everyone nobody nobody doesn't think that that uh, uh, Quantic Dream sucks right like ev- everyone is fully aware that the game sucks and and that the quantum <laughs> dream sucks but like nonetheless they're out here like sort of posting about it but also doing a little bit of self-flagellation of it. it's very funny i i i james patterson i think is sort of operating in a similar sphere where it's like people who really like or liked this thing and like know a lot about it and and have a lot of love for it still but like aren't really sure what to do with it and it just create it just like drives people a little feral maybe like oh, what do i do totally. with this energy what do i do with this energy i hate this guy but i love this thing yeah i mean i think they've also just like completely overcorrected and talk about maximum ride like it's the worst written thing of all time <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am not even in the sphere of saying that it's good or anything, but I also sort of want to tell them, like, it's not that bad. Like, it's something that you probably read when you were, you know, 12 or 13 and, and were obsessed with. I'm like, it's it's not it's not that bad. It's it's pretty it's pretty fun uh, at the end of the day. So it's OK. It's it's really funny that there's just a whole like because there are three original Maximum Ride books and then the series kept going and like there was one last year right like it, it's it's still going um, yeah I I but- think like I think even the eighth one says like the final Maximum Ride and then another one came out like a year later and yeah. now they're doing like spinoffs but yeah. Like, 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 it's still going, and everyone, every time that I've had, like, the, the Maximum Ride fandom, like, come across my 
timeline or whatever, it's always people going like, I, I can't believe this series is still going. I hate it. I, I it, it sucks so bad. I like the first three, but even those aren't very good. Anyway, I'll keep reading it. <laughs> like just oh yeah i saw a post that was just like that and it was like ugh and then at the end it was like well it's 2.99 on kindle <laughs> yeah, okay. everyone everyone deep down everyone is uh is gonna still keep drinking that garbage that that is the truest tweet ever written at this point like yeah, including we, me right now yeah yeah what Mm. I am I am I am literally drinking garbage right now. I'm drinking cool blue zero Gatorade. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Oh, okay. Um well, thank you for the maximum ride update. It's very this is a delightful unexpected journey. Oh, they're uh, going to keep coming. I don't oh, I, I'm excited. I went into this and I was like I'm only going to read the first 3. Uh, because the, that's when they stop being quote unquote good, um, and now I'm like, oh, I better order the fourth one in case it takes a while to to come. So <laughs> the I- the blog thing has me thinking about stories about posting or that involve posting, like like as part of the plot. Because um, like I've been playing Persona Five Royal recently, mm-hmm. and that has a sim that has a posting. A pretty major posting subplot and i'm wow. trying to th- i'm trying to think about like what are what are the like best and 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 i'm sort of g- going both both best quote unquote and also legitimately like what are good like what are good examples of posting in stories i feel like that's really difficult to uh to get right you know like this is yeah that's fascinating let me i'm trying to think about posting in stories that I have experienced. And I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah. I can't, like, pull one out of my brain. Because, you know, technology and stuff always gets, like, absorbed into story, like, basic storytelling tropes in weird ways, right? Like, we still, I would say, have not quite figured out a good way to work texting into stories, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... The thing everyone does, but, like, how do you make that visually interesting and, like, work for a story, you know? Um, Right. But, like, posting, like, the, like, characters either reading posts or or having a blog or, like, a Twitter or, like, being on a, like, like, there, it's, I feel like that's really difficult to make work in a story, but it's something that, like, you know, millions and millions of people do every day, so, you know. It's got to, someone's going to crack that code at some point. Yeah. I mean, iCarly's about posting. I guess I don't know. I've only seen, like, trailers for the new iCarly, so I don't know if that's, uh, but, like, she's vlogging, right? She is vlogging, yeah. That's kind of in, like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll I'll count that. iCarly is posting. I mean, it's kind of, so I have seen a little bit of iCarly, younger sibling kind of deal, so I wasn't, like, watching it right but it was just sort of ambiently around and i think it sort of cheats because it definitely used like uh to my recollection sort of the like vlogging buzzword type stuff but the way Mm -hmm. that their vlog was set up was not really posting as much as like um adults trying to figure out what vlogging is and made it more like she was making a like late night talk show almost yeah or like a video diary right mm-hmm. i mean that's vlogging right Which is, yeah that's vlogging that is vlogging yeah so i'll i'll count that 
um, the new Batman movie has a lot of outposting in it, but it's uh, it is the funniest part of the movie, hands down. Like oh, no it's, getting it's around. the rid- it's the Riddler doing some posting. Is he posting the- some riddles? <laughs> Do, do you mind if I say any Batman spoilers for you? Please it's, do. It's, I, I'm okay. just fine. Okay, okay. So, uh, and obviously anyone listening, this is this is Batman, Batman spoilers, if you've not seen the new Batman. The Riddler is like a sort of weird mishmash of like different online radical guys, right? And <laughs> there is an incredible part of this movie that I still don't understand if they know how funny this was, mm-hmm. um, where they like, they, they, they're like in his apartment, and they're investigating. And so it's one of the detectives is like, he has over 500 followers on the dark web or something. And, and, and so first of all, <laughs> 500 followers get like, like low B, absolute low B Riddler. Um, but then it like shows, Oh, first of all, oh, there, there's also a moment where um, Commissioner Gordon goes, show me the post in a very serious voice, which <laughs> is, is fucking amazing. Um, but then it like, shows the Riddler posting this like vertical video to a fake like 4chan style website where he's like, hey, guys, we're going to do some crimes at the big at the big event in, in Gotham City. I hope you're ready. And there's like... <laughs> There's a there's like a fake feed of posts on the right. <laughs> it's all you know. It's like evil guy X twenty seven. I can't wait to murder some women or whatever. And then one of them is just <laughs> rifles are good. <laughs> they gotta know, right? That's <laughs> like so they, funny. They, my, <laughs> I was repeating rifles are good to myself over and over again after that movie because it's so fucking funny i don't know if i would consider that a good use of posting in movies but uh it it, posting was at least prominent in the batman that sounds like maybe one of the best uses of posting Uh, it's it's so funny if if it is intentional if they know that it's ridiculous i i i'm all for it but but i'm glad that i don't know you know like it's 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 precious the way it is Mm -hmm, for sure um but yeah, if, if anyone's listening and has some good examples of, like, stories about posting, let me know, because I, 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 I don't know, I can't think of many off, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, and probably, like, a, I'm interested in, like, what is your favorite yeah. story about posting? Yeah, like, what are some legitimately good stories about posts and posting? Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. We are going to cover a chapter that is about the opposite of posting uh, today. This is this is a chapter of Twilight all about a just a normal conversation that two characters have face to face. They sure they sure are talking. They sure talk for a whole chapter here. Um, <laughs> and this this is definitely the most challenging summary I've ever had to write. Yeah. Um, how do you want to divvy this up? I'm so curious about how how these two chapters are going to compare. So, I don't know. I went very minimalist with my summary. Okay. Because I, I legitimately don't know how to approach this other than sort of, um, like, top to bottom us talking about what they're talking about. But um, I didn't really write much down other than this is a conversation that they're having. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Do you want to read yours first and then I'll maybe read mine? I'll just kind of try and sure. flush it out. I, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, Edward shows Bella his sparkly body in the meadow um, and they talk some, uh, some important parts that happen in mine that I think are going to be different than yours are that Edward has a um, short flashback to when he was returning to his family after his Dexter phase Um and essentially, their conversation talks a lot about Edward explaining why he was so weird uh, to Bella. Um, they eventually sort of, uh, they hug. Um, and then Edward uh, tells Bella, get get on me and ride me like a horse. And then he runs back <laughs> to the car. Um, she gets motion sick. Uh, but then they uh, share a tender kiss. And that is the end of the chapter. That that is that is bang on to what I I uh, I read as well. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I would you like? So we have the minimalist summary. Shall I read my maximalist one? I just yeah, like tried yeah. to hit, I tried to hit every point that I could. Um, uh, and I know that I know that we have often tried to do a no editorializing rule here, but um, impossible, mm-hmm. impossible in this one. Um, <laughs> sure. This chapter is really just one conversation that takes place more or less in one place, but I'll do my best to hit the important points. Bella and Edward are relaxing in a picturesque field. The sunlight makes Edward literally sparkle, and Bella is transfixed by his beauty and keeps touching him. Edward, though seemingly outwardly relaxed, starts lamenting the fact that Bella doesn't seem afraid of him. Since he can't read her mind, he asks her to tell him what she's thinking and tries to understand why she isn't afraid. He describes his angst using a very laborious drug addiction metaphor. To illustrate his point, he gets very close to her face and then suddenly zips 30 feet away and explains <laughs> at shouting distance that maybe he nearly maybe went vampire mode and he needs a second. Edward then spends several pages telling Bella the entire plot of Midnight Sun up until this point. They finally conclude that Bella loves him despite, or perhaps because of, the danger. When it's time to leave, Edward gives Bella a super-speed piggyback ride. When they get back to the truck, <laughs> Edward swoops in for a kiss. After this powerful romantic gesture leaves Bella discombobulated, they spend two pages arguing about who gets to drive home. That is true. I forgot about the logistic <laughs> of who is going to get to drive home and their, sh- their two-page argument about it. <laughs> So that's my bad, I guess. <laughs> no, I think I think that this was perfect. We got we got the the short version and the long version here. Uh, yes, very very important uh, 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 perspectives on on this pair of chapters. Um, th- this is I feel like we this is us hitting like this this is like like pure this is the purest most concentrated twilight right like this is the twilight scene i feel oh absolutely uh, this is the one that everyone references this is where the sparkle stuff comes from this is this has some truly legendary clunker lines in it that i've heard just like outside of the context of twilight you know mm-hmm. like like this is it's all here this is the rosetta stone for twilight fandom right here yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I hated it. I don't know how yours was, but an excruciating experience for me. I, I, I um, yeah, I, I'm gonna have a difficult time with this one because I think that, I think this might be the first time that this book has lived up to the awful reputation it has for me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just like like I I've enjoyed a lot of the 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 Bella chapters. I think that there's a lot more going on with some of the character work than people give Stephanie Meyer credit for. Um, but this is bad. But it's bad in a really, really fun way, and I ended up having a very good time with this chat. Like this is, this is, I, I like this is what is making me understand why the Twilight fandom now is the way it is. Where it ha- honestly has a similar vibe to the Maximum Ride fandom that we were just <laughs> discussing, right? Where it's like ev- everyone's having a great time throwing throwing peanuts at Twilight. In yeah, the fandom. yeah. The thing is, is if this were Maximum Ride, they would have um, uh, maybe an eighth of this conversation, but it would be cut off because some werewolves jumped out from behind a bush. <laughs> they would be doing karate moves while having this conversation. Exactly. Like, that's the thing that makes this chapter so funny to me, though, is that it is, like, this is the... Um, like, like the, the, the beginning of the scene, I was like, oh, this is just like... You know, this is the classic Regency novel romance scene. Every you know, the 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 young lovers are sitting in a field, and 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 you know, the man is going, oh oh, Cassandra, I but I I care not a whit that you are below my station. You know, <laughs> this is that scene. Yeah. Um. Uh. But instead of it being that, Edward is like running around like a weird. Like an oblivion NPC that you just accidentally hit before talking to, and like you're waiting for him to calm down before you can continue the conversation. Like the dialogue here is happening sometimes with them lying next to each other, and sometimes he's like thirty feet away running around, and like yeah, the, the visuals of this chapter are so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> Yeah, he he is zipping around, isn't he? <laughs> He's like climbing on stuff at one point. It's oh my god, it's so he, yeah, funny. He, doesn't he like smash a tree? He t- he like <laughs> he like to illustrate how dangerous he is. He like he like climbs a tree and pulls a limb off of it and then like crushes it or something. It, and like it Bella's might, just like. It- Mine made it sound like he, like, grabbed a tree, like a little one, picked it up, and then threw it at another tree, and he, like, even from his perspective was like, I'm going to hit, like, a knot on the tree to, like, split it in two, and I I don't even have to throw it very hard to annihilate this tree. And then at the end, he's like, I hope the tree lives, but it probably won't. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm glad that you get an internal monologue for this bit, because this is what I get. (laughs) I'm the world's best predator, aren't I? Everything about you invites me in. My voice, my face, even my smell. As if I need any of that. Unexpectedly, he was on his feet, bounding away, instantly out of sight, only to appear beneath the same tree as before, having circled the meadow in half a second. (laughs) As if you could outrun me, he laughed bitterly. He reached up with one hand and, with a deafening crack, effortlessly ripped a two-foot-thick branch from the trunk of the spruce. (laughs) He balanced it in that hand for a moment and then threw it with blinding speed, shattering it against another huge tree, which shook and trembled at the blow. Is this in the movie? Did, this, did he do this? 
Harlem Globetrotter. (laughs) (laughs) He's just doing basketball tricks. (laughs) Like running around. And spinning shit on his finger. This is so funny. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the lowest branch of the ancient spruce beside me was in easy reach. I ripped the limb from the body without any effort at all. The wood shrieked and protested. The branch and splinters exploded from the site of the injury. <laughs> I waited the bow for a moment in my hand. Roughly 863 pounds. Not enough to win in a fight with the hemlock across the clearing to my right. But enough to do some damage. I flicked the branch at the hemlock tree, aiming for a knot about 30 feet from the ground. My projectile hit dead center, the thickest end of the bow smashing with a booming crunch and disintegrating into shards of shattered wood that rained down on the ferns below with a faint hissing. A fissure split through the center of the knot and snaked its way a few feet in either direction. The hemlock tree trembled once, the shock radiating through the roots and into the ground. I wondered if I'd killed it. I'd have to wait a few months to know. Hopefully it would recover. The meadow was so perfect as it was. (laughs) Edward! Should have thought of that before you ripped a branch (laughs) off and threw it, man. Edward! It's a national park. You can't do that. The... The, like, only visual reference I can think of here for, like, the way this conversation is taking place, because, like, he is, he is, sometimes he is right next to her, sometimes he is, like, running around, sometimes he's jumping (laughs) up and down, like, he's just doing shit constantly. It's like they're in a Gary's Mod server, and, like, (laughs) he's just, like, picking shit up and throwing it around, like, talking to her. It's crazy. It's like, like, you're hanging out with someone in an MMO or whatever, and you're just, like, chatting on Discord, except you're, like, jumping around each other (laughs) and, like, casting spells just idly. (laughs) He's going through everything in his WoW toy chest, like... (laughs) (laughs) Putting the train down on the ground, he's, like, transforming into the big bird. (laughs) It's... It is so fucking funny. It's impossible to take seriously, and it is... Um... It it is the first time that I have just thought that this book's prose was just, like, truly awful, right? Like, there's been some, like, very funny clunkers, but there, I mean, like, I mean, this is skipping ahead of it, but, like, this is where the, like, the lion fell in love with the lamb, and and so the lion fell in love with the lamb, or whatever that comes from, and it's so overwrought, but... It being deployed in this scene where he's, like, running around the room like he just had sugar after 7pm is so good, like... I mean, it's it's exactly where this, like, book is too scared to do anything, like, actually, like, make the characters do anything actually bad, and so we need to have yeah. this insane, like, he destroys a tree. I feel like this... I mean, in any other vampire story, he'd probably, like, kill someone, right? And be like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, do you see? I'm a predator. Um, But he doesn't, so this is all we get. The, the, there's a moment that comes close to that, right? Where, like, they they lean in, and there's sort of, like, a kiss fake out at the beginning. Yep. Um, Where, like, their faces get really close, and then, uh, uh, 
he you know they're 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 like touching and it's like ooh is he gonna bite me or kiss me Mm -hmm. but then uh what happens is uh let's see I smelled his cool breath in my face. Sweet, delicious, the scent made my mouth water. It was unlike anything else. Instinctively, unthinkingly, I leaned closer, inhaling. And then he was gone, In the his hand ripped from mine. <laughs> in the time it took my eyes to focus, he was 20 feet away, standing at the edge of the meadow, in the deep shade of a huge fir tree. He stared at me, his eyes dark in the shadows, his expression unreadable. Give me a moment, he called, just loud enough for my less sensitive ears. I sat very still. Where did this vampire thing where they, like, zip around really fast come from? I don't know. I was like, because we 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 talked about this a little when we were going through her like vampire lore website, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I recently watched the Blade movies, which are uh-huh. super fucking fun. Um, but they have vampire super speed in that. Okay. And and I wonder, like, because like Blade was like a really huge popular vampire movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of modern vampire tropes come from that. Um, and I don't even, you know, I don't think Blade invented any of that stuff, but I think that might have been, like, the visual reference point for a lot of people in the 2000s and, like, late 90s and stuff, sure. right? Um, and so, like, that's what I always think of now when I when I see the vampire super speed thing. It's, like, that or the vampire diaries, right? Where they, uh, they can, they can, like, zip around really quickly. It's just, it's never cool. No, it, it it like there it is impossible for me to read this and not hear like Looney Tunes sound effects. <laughs> yeah, like he's just he's just doing Roadrunner shit here. Like he's going he's he's going like away from her, <laughs> and it like completely shatters the like you know because there's a moment of like you know sexy tension of like ooh you know he could he could kiss me or 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 kill me right now right and but then he goes boy. And like zooms away and it's like okay well moment ruined i guess here it is from his perspective he like it happens um sort of passively um i threw myself away from her the madness hadn't reached my legs and they launched me all the way back to the far edge of the meadow i moved so quickly i didn't have time to gently release my hand from hers i yanked it away my first thought as i landed crouched in the shadows of the trees was her hands and the relief watched over me when i saw they were still attached to her wrists <laughs> Feats don't fail me now, he shouts, and then, like, <laughs> barrels away at 500 miles an hour. I I think you're right. There's, like, a... There's a real sense that maybe... I don't know. Stephanie Meyer, like, got... Like, like... Because, th- like, this is the part that you want to write in a romance novel, right? Yeah, yeah. But But you can sense the, like trepidation here you know what i mean like the i can't make it too salacious right um i i can't make it too dangerous seeming here because because and uh, for, for whatever reason right but it's like it, it it keeps undercutting its own feelings and 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 sort of un, um, um undermining the tension that it's building in a way that really feels like you're having a conversation with someone who's like really nervous and changing the subject about what they want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. Yeah. It, 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 there's a sudden real lack of confidence in a book that I would otherwise characterize as being incredibly confident. Right. Was this the scene that was from her dream? I think it might've been. 
The scene that what? That she said was from her dream. Oh, yes. Maybe it was. That might explain some of the more ridiculous, like, movement stuff, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, because cause the there's a like the 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 movement of the characters in this scene is definitely dreamlike, right? Like like mm-hmm. people are over here, people are over there, people are doing ridiculous shit. Like like that would make sense, I guess. Um but I don't know, like there's just a sense of like nervousness here and like 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 just just refusing to commit to the bit at the critical moment almost. Right. Um, I think it's really hard when Edward is so, like, out of control of himself. And I don't know if that's something that came through in yours. Mm-hmm. But I guess he says that, right? He says, like, I I am sort of out of control of my urges and things like that. That That's... It's funny you mention that, because I think that that is one of the few things I think does hit in this chapter for me. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a really fun... Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, big asterisk here. I think that the... Uh, <laughs> I think that the uh, uh, alcohol metaphor that he uses is one of the stupidest things I've ever read. Um, But him constantly saying, oh, I'm too human and making jokes about like, oh, you're only human or I'm only human. And just like, like, like leaning into that sort of like uh, 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 difference between them. I think that stuff is fun. Um, Mm -hmm. He's very self-effacing in a way that, that, does a much better job characterizing him than running around and throwing a tree branch. You know, like it's, it's, there are a couple moments here where it works, but I, I'm curious what, what, what's it, what's it like in yours with the internal monologue? Um, it's interesting because his character in mine is very much pure. I'm throwing tree branches guy. Mm-hmm. Like that is his character. He is so, okay. He is so self-serious and just, like, self-flagellating at all times. I am a horrible monster. This is, she should be repulsed by me. This is disgusting. I have all of this shame and I'm disgusted by myself and all these things, right? And it's just, like, this constant, it's just, like... Oh, it's it's so exhausting to read, to be honest. But it never, (laughs) like, changes in its tone. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it is pushing up against this thing that feels really bizarre, which is that the stuff that he says in Twilight and the stuff where he, like, gets very charming and starts sort of telling jokes but is, like, very mercurial doesn't make any sense. Like, it's completely bonkers. It's, like, contrary to the character that is established by his inner monologue. So all of these things come up where he's, like, telling a joke and then he'll think, why did I say that? Oh, that's too bad. It's bizarre. It it makes for a really strange um, effect that is almost cool if it was on purpose, but instead right. of, like, I'm stuck writing Twilight, he has to say those things. So it's, like, back to that weird... Yeah, like, the sense oh, of obligation. Yeah, it's really... I think this might be the strongest um, version of that because he feels unstable in a way that... I don't think is intended mm-hmm. where he is not only out of control. I'm throwing tree branch guy, but like he is out of control of the things that he's saying. It's the same problem that the later Harry Potter stuff had, right? Where like he would say something and then 
the the narrative would be sure to let us know. Like, I don't know why he, he didn't know why he did that. He had no mm-hmm. idea where that came from. And it's like, okay, do you as an author have any right. idea where it came from? Right. Um, like there's, there's absolutely a place for characters to sort of like act impulsively or, or, or surprise themselves. Right. But it's so easy to use that as a crutch when you just like need a character to do something, to move a thing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it sounds like because because the, the weird effect this has hearing your version versus my version about in, in the way he's joking with with himself and and with with Bella to try and soften this this very intense scene for both of them is that it just makes him seem phony right like mm-hmm. which I, I I could imagine being a very interesting character study thing. But Ed- Edward is not phony, right? Like, that's not actually what his character is. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just this confusion of, like, she has written this character in my version that then suddenly has to say something that in yours, I assume, comes off as sort of, like, lighthearted and, like, a little bit mysterious and all of this. But the character that she's written here would never say that in a million years. Yeah, I mean, he com- wouldn't act that way. Yeah, a- at its best, that stuff in in my chapter comes off as like he knows that this is bad, and that is it's good. It, 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 there's this sort of like gallows humor sense to it, right? Mm-hmm. Of it's like, well, he can't like like it's too late to change any of this, right? And he's just kind of sort of like cracking some sort of like glib jokes about it, mm-hmm. and it's definitely the most charming he gets in in this chapter. Um but but it sounds like that's not at all what he's thinking, right? Like he's just he's just in sour mode in in Midnight Sun. He he kind of lightens up near the very end cuz he um I mean the sort of thing that my chapter is going through is that he's also um coping with the vision, right? Like that's mm-hmm. his fear, the vision that he's going to kill her. And so he has this moment where he realizes that he's coming out from the, on the other side of it and yeah. he has seen the moment where he kills her and he passes through it and so he feels um the joy of love and has this like uplifted thing that happens. That mm-hmm. is mostly where they have to leave the meadow and like his sort of jokiness um, as they, as they run through the woods. Yeah. But other than that, he's in, he's in sour, sour mode for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, there is zero sense here. I think that Edward is treating this like a trial in my chapter. Mm. Um, And I know, I know that I think that that, that will, be explained in my book somewhere but thinking about like all the alice scenes you've been sharing from midnight sun mm-hmm. versus what i'm reading here is that, that here if there's if there's any like trial involved it's like a it's like a personal one right and and not not one where like you know he's like matching an oracle's faded uh, <laughs> path yeah. for him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, like, like it's a, it's a personal challenge, and it's a, it's a moment where where he is being, you know, uh, given control over someone and has to make sure not to take advantage of it, right? But like, mm-hmm. it's not, 
it's it, 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 it it's not a cosmic like faded moment you know like it, it, there there's no sense that he is he is uh you know uh uh uh, uh defying like the gods here or right it's, it's, it's much more personal se- seeming in my chapter, which I which I think is what makes that stuff work. Is that because you know because it feels much more personal. Edward's jokes and sort of like self deprecation, like, like like his his angst and stuff. It at least comes from a place of like personal growth here, and right. not like like I am the protagonist in a in a twisted in a twisted prophecy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Mine sucks. Yeah, I mean, like this. This is a bad chapter. I think. I. I. I, I think that this is. This is the moment. That, this is like. This was. You know. This was the the moment we were all waiting for. Like this is Twilight stepping up to the plate. Okay, it's we're getting our first kiss scene. We're getting our our, our romantic our true romantic confession scene here, uh, and. It just feels unwilling to take a swing, you know. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's really, really playing it close to the vest here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 like in a way that's fascinating, right? Because like 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 now I truly understand. I think what people are talking about when they talk about Twilight just feeling very conservative and chaste, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, this is the opposite of what we were talking about, you know, because last week we were having that great conversation about, like, so much of what makes Twilight interesting is that, like, oh, the fantasy is is doing all the stuff that they that, that, that the author feels like she shouldn't indulge in, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like 90, 90% of it is, but what if I did, right? Um but this this chapter is that other ten percent. This is the like, ah, I can't actually go there, right? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't really indulge in the way that I. This chapter makes it seem like she really wanted to, right? But like, just just can't do it. Can't can't commit to the bit. Can't uh, can't let it all out there. It's just, I mean, the, the, the Edward is literally dancing around the problem here. Like, like he is. <laughs> He's getting up and walking around and like talking about other stuff and changing the subject. It's just, and it feels like the author's doing that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine really goes hard on a religious forgiveness angle as mm. well. Um, and I think that there is some like uh, Mormon stuff going on that I. I feel like I'm not qualified to talk about, I guess. And just like the um, sort of idea about like Edward being uh, like an ascended being Uh, and then Mm -hmm. like that, that sort of stuff. I just don't know. Right. Like you can read like a million listicles that are like, uh, this is like very Mormon. And here's like the examples, like the vampires are, um, like the angel Marani or what, and I just, mm-hmm, I just don't mm-hmm. know about that stuff, but right before the like lion and the lamb, uh, thing comes up, Edward has this like flashback to going to a Quaker church with Carlisle and seeing like a painting <clears throat> of a lion and a lamb and going like, ah, a better world. Um, and then he's like snapped back to the present. Um, 
And then the other scene that you get in all of that is that um, Edward remembers uh, after his Dexter thing, he's going back to um, to his family and he's kind of like gone off the the drink as he as the metaphor says or whatever. Um, and he he goes back and there's this just like unbelievable like passage about for like them forgiving him here it is um i felt that same undeserved acceptance now and i could barely believe that all of it my bad behavior both voluntary and involuntary was suddenly behind us but her forgiveness seemed to wash the darkness away so it is Mm. like it's really in here in this chapter more so than i think it ever has been i mean like the lion and the lamb just in in and of itself is a very like not not just Mormon, obviously, just that's just like a Christian visual metaphor that is not about like two people being romantic with each other. It's Edward and Bella. <laughs> maybe she maybe she meant the lion and the mouse. She missed she mixed it up. It's actually about the thorn being removed from his foot or whatever. It's probably from that tree. He's running around getting splinters. Yeah, he he, he fucking broke a, a tree. See, oh my god, that's how you re that's how you rewrite this. If you if you must mm. have the scene where he sh- shows his strength ripping a tree branch out and throwing it have him go ah fuck ooh, i got a splinter and then she goes and removes it and then they have their little their little talk yeah yeah yeah. that's something that's all yeah that would work i think i think that one might be a little less uh coming out swinging with something a little less uh potent right like maybe a a bit more applicable i don't know i don't know so I have a question about about the Midnight Sun version of this stuff. Yeah, she is touching him constantly yep. in this, um, and is like is like fascinated by his his like hand, uh, and like keeps like tracing the lines of his palm and whatnot. And 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 she's um, in in my book, she's like clearly sensing something that's either bothering him or fascinating him about this, but it's like the one thing that they don't explicitly talk about together. And I'm curious what that, um, is, is there much in there about like her messing with his hand? Um, he is having some reluctance understanding that it's, it's played as like a misunderstanding, right? Like he constantly mm. is waiting for her to be repulsed and disgusted and realize that he's inhuman. And he's like up on the cross about that for sure. And, and it never happens, but he thinks um, that it like the other shoe is going to drop at some point. Mm. I mean, even literally that example of him, like, her like touching his palm and stuff um rather than meet my gaze she started tracing patterns across my palm i tried to read their sequences hoping for a picture or even letters and then it spells out in letter letters edward please go away um but i could find no meaning in them just more mysteries and other questions she would never answer i didn't deserve answers <laughs> it's funny the, the the sense that he's like waiting for another shoe to drop is really funny because he is the shoe right like yeah, you're, you're the one who like has has the power to like rip her throat out. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Um, that, that's something that makes his angst very funny. Is that like I I I I flip back on back and forth with like how compelling his his like um you know stay stay away from me. I'm so dangerous. Stuff is right because sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's just kind of like it it it, it feels like a little much. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but it, it, in particular, it's very hard to get around uh, 
and, and I think that this this maybe feeds into like why this chapter feels like it it is um you know pulling pulling out of the 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 like committing to it at the last at the very last minute and, and kind of failing here is that like I I I get the sense that what's really going on here is that he is dangerous and Bella slash Stephanie Meyer is like hell yeah you know like right. that that's cool as fuck. Uh, that get that gets that gets me going. Yeah. Um, but they will never admit that in the story, right? Never, ever, ever in a million years. Um, and that makes the that that leaves his behavior in an awkward place because if if that was him just simply like you know laying out what the fantasy is here it would make sense. But because this is also a story about like his redemption and him actually not being that bad. And we're at, we're just like constantly being given these extra reasons why actually he's, he's, he's being too hard on himself here. It, it sort of like ends up undercutting the other half of the story. The, like the, the more, the more like salacious romantic half. Cause it's like, okay, well, so if, if he is just being, too self-flagellating and like like you know he's he's really not that bad and he is redeemed or whatever then this just makes him all of a sudden seem much less appealing because he's just he's just a guy who keeps on posting like you know oh i'm going to bed nobody likes me stuff and 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 waiting for his friends to reply you know what i mean like he's putting it on bella oh 100 percent yeah yeah, it's 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 no longer like like tor- cool tortured guy going like oh I'm I'm the world's I'm the world's most fucked up bastard, uh, and instead it just makes him seem like he's you know he's changed his his avatar to the Tokyo Ghoul guy and said gone and locked his account or whatever and it's like okay right no. because he's already redeemed right and he's just <laughs> yeah. but he's just like still whining about it because even in this chapter when he has his like. Uh, like flashback to going home after his his dextering right and it's like the forgiveness washed over me i'm like it really just feels like that story is over and he's just i don't know i mean he's like talking about (laughs) like i might lose control him already being redeemed just really throws a wrench into everything that makes the romance angle of this story make any sense right like if he, if he's already had that character arc settled and and the most we're going to get is him being grumpy for a bit and then going it's okay though cuz I'm already, I'm good I have a flashback to when I was already good with all this stuff then it it just removes any tension from it right like it's no longer the dangerous guy mysterious monster fantasy it's just like oh this guy this guy like needs me to tell him he's good every five seconds. It's like, that's way less appealing. Yeah. I mean, I guess that literally is what it is, is it's Bella's like the, her, her goal is to convince him that he's good. <laughs> and then, yeah. That's so much less interesting as a romance, right? Like girl, just find someone else. Who's, who's like way more badass, I guess. Like Right. Right. <laughs> he's not, he's, this isn't very, it's not very cool. It feels yeah. very uncool. He's very he's already he's already redeemed and he's just in his feelings about it and and it, it just it, it it no longer truly being a going concern. And and like the thing is is that in in Twilight I think this stuff works better because I don't know if I if I pretend to not have heard about Midnight Sun, it makes sense, right? It is still somewhat operating more as like the the 
the like the dark fantasy romance right mm-hmm. but hearing everything about midnight sun and how his entire internal monologue is him beating himself up about something that's already been resolved in his mind is i mean like the fact is is that he's already been redeemed in a flashback He's had this. He's had this. This big moment where he he stopped doing his Dexter, Dexter stuff. Yeah. The only thing that is making him feel like this is because Alice, who has prophecy powers, said, "Yeah, I don't know. There's like a fifty fifty chance. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Or whatever. Like that's right. so contrived. And and there is a way I think that that could work if it was like Alice being like, "Hey." How come there's how come I had this vision? I thought you were good, you know, like I thought we resolved this. And like maybe going on like that personal journey and reflecting on all that stuff. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. like that w- w- that's what Midnight Sun's about is he like goes on a on like a personal trek in between all the the chapters we don't see him in Twilight to like, you know, reaffirm am I am I still good? Am I And like that's kind of what this scene is. But that's a very awkward thing to jam into the romantic confession scene, especially one that is a romantic confession scene that in Twilight is trying to be like the the sexy, it's so dangerous, but, but you know, it's so wrong, but it's so right scene. It's like too many things are colliding here at once for this to work. I think it just feels like such a letdown or like such a minor thing to have a character already having gone through, kicked the addiction, and then have the conflict be, oh, but there's really good brandy here. Right. That's really yes. like what he's going through as as he explains himself. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah, that is that is a completely out of left field, like just totally out of pocket scene is when he explains the addiction metaphor he's he's cooked up for this for this scenario yeah let me find his let me find his his little monologue here every person smells different has a different essence if you locked an alcoholic in a room full of stale beer he'd gladly drink it but he could resist it if he wished to, if he were a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> so already we're in a we're in a we're in a we're we're making several assumptions here. Yeah, already I would probably call this a poor understanding of addiction. Now let's say you placed in that room a glass of hundred-year-old brandy, the rarest, finest cognac, and filled the room with its warm aroma. How do you think he was? He would fare then? This is such a ridiculous proposal. Like beyond it being sort of tasteless and tacky and 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 you know incorrect. <laughs> are you allowed in your story when you have a character who's like metaphorically addicted to something to just say, "Oh yeah, it's like an addiction metaphor." Is that a, like? Can you do that? <laughs> no, that's. I'm gonna go ahead and call that not allowed. <laughs> like, like, yeah, just setting aside <laughs> how how you know deeply uh, uh, is not good, but like setting that aside, that's just like bad writing. I thought we were doing a sex metaphor, so this is really. <laughs> 
really confusing to me. I I cannot imagine a less sexy thing, uh, like a, like a less sexy way to tell someone that like oh I'm I'm so addicted to you, than than to like compare her to like like this is this is the most literal form of like objectification of a character you can do. Where it's not even like a like oh you're just like you know a, a sexy a sexy uh, a, a sexualized object. It's a what if you were brandy? Like you're a really nice tasting brandy. You're not stale beer to me. <laughs> you're not stale beer to me. In fact, you might be my favorite brand of heroin. Is is where he ends up with this one? <laughs> brand. Brand of heroin? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. As you might expect, my chapter is very, very, very long. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to find where he says, like, because he, he says it out loud and is like, that was stupid in his own head. <laughs> oh, where is it? I just love the idea that that this is Stephanie Meyer's internal monologue returning to this chapter she wrote. Like, why did I say that? Oh, oh he well. actually thinks it about the line about food. Did you get that? You know how everyone enjoys different flavors? Some people love chocolate ice cream. Others prefer yes. strawberry. And then he thinks, yes. ugh, that sounded worse out loud than I would have thought for such a weak beginning. Yeah, sorry about the food analogy. I couldn't think of another way to explain. Then he just puts his foot on the gas to the, to his bonkers uh, uh, alcoholic slat trapped in a room with stale beer. Well, line. let me tell you, after he uh, talks about the stale beer, uh, really good brandy, he thinks to himself, was I painting too sympathetic a picture of myself describing a tragic victim rather than a true villain? <laughs> a tragic victim of a guy, a guy who got locked in a room for some guy's thought experiment. <laughs> he couldn't even like think of like a famous guy, you know, you know, like a tragic story about some famous guy who who fell back into his addiction or whatever. It's like it's this like, is like what a, this is a saw okay. trap. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine there was a guy. Imagine somebody is in a Phoenix Wright murder scenario. Like, Bella, have you seen the Saw films? <laughs> It's so ludicrous. It it it, it it's it, like also just a completely roundabout way to say that like oh I'm like addicted to you right which is like you know that's a line that's popped up in so many trashy romance things but instead of instead of just saying that I, the 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 author feeling the need to explain. An addiction metaphor on the page is wild to me. That is such a like that that is is one of the most impressive like lacks of faith in the audience that I've ever seen. Like explaining that, like, do you know do you know what alcoholics feel like? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've we've got alcohol metaphors pretty much down at this point. We yeah, know. we've got it. Also, goes on to explain why, like, it is a bad metaphor. Like, it... Be- yeah. <laughs> Favorite brand of heroin? Really? Brand. Brand of heroin. <laughs> I'm your brand of heroin? 
Yeah, it it's just really bad. <laughs> it's it's a it's a double whammy of just like completely tasteless and kind of offensive and also just very stupid and and like doesn't need to be like I I I don't know I honestly like don't know which path to take with this one cuz I'm like this shouldn't be there for many reasons but like chief of all I feel insulted as a reader right like like really you needed to take a page to explain this concept to me like ridiculous just just really funny I I think what makes it truly dire in midnight sun as well is his his thought process during this just completely ridiculous, like uh, honestly laughable metaphor, but he is so like down in the dumps about it too. Like th- this mm-hmm. line, yes, you are exactly my brand of heroin is like such a, like trying to be a cool guy line. Yes. But his internal monologue is, it was surely a horrific admission, and yet somehow I felt relief. It was all her doing, her support and understanding. It made my head spin that she could somehow forgive all of this. How? And I'm like, how can you be so serious about you are my exact, exactly brand? my brand of heroin? heroin. The, this is the most that this book has felt like it was trying to, like, make quotes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this this is Stephanie Meyer doing her professional quote maker Reddit post to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 the it, it's the the combination of yes, you know, yes, you are exactly my brand of heroin. Like that real clunker. But the way he says we we talked about the, you know, the the metaphorical underpinnings of this line already, but ju- but just aesthetically the line and so the lion fell in love with the lamb, he murmured. What a stupid lamb, I sighed. What a sick, masochistic lion, he stated into the shadowy forest. <laughs> like, Print just, that on a poster. Yeah, exactly. This is, <laughs> I, I need this shit on a mug type shit, right? Like, it's just really gunning for this is my iconic line moment, and it just, it's trying too hard. This whole thing is just trying way too hard, right? Like, like there, there is... I, I think the best bits of Twilight that I have read so far, even the ones that are full of like very purple prose, very silly writing, they work because they they feel pretty effortless, right? Like mm-hmm. Bella is a character that I fully believe, having read this book, that um Stephanie Meyer could write observing basically anything, you know? Like the voice is so strong. Right. Um, and very few times in this book have I felt that, like, even even at her most ridiculous, even at her most noir voice, uh, 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 cynical character moment, uh, 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 self, I have never felt that Bella's writing was laborious mm-hmm. um, in the way that th- these moments are. Uh, you know, like, there was a... <sighs> There's a tone in Twilight that that sort of allows a lot of wiggle room for very melodramatic, over-the-top dialogue. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it has felt appropriate. But this this is the book going too far. Or just too far is maybe the wrong word. Because I, I think you could write a scene that is just as ridiculous and have it work. But it, it is it, – it, there's a sudden – 
lack of, um, I mean, I, I guess just like we've been saying, a lack of confidence, lack of commitment to the bit, and I think maybe a lack of um, uh, being true to what the fantasy of Twilight is. Um, and I think that that's where this stuff really stumbles, is that, is that this, compared to everything else in the book, which is really not that aesthetically separate from this, mm-hmm. is just a lack, there's a lack of sincerity here, I think. It feels artificial. Yeah, which is very interesting, because I feel like if this is the dream chapter that yeah. she had, this feels like the... Uh, uh, the emotional core of this book and that it is what drove her to write it. Here we go. I woke up on that June 2nd, which is when she started writing Twilight, apparently, Mm -hmm. from a very vivid dream. In my dream, two people were having an intense conversation in a meadow in the woods. One of these people was just your average girl. The other person was fantastically beautiful, sparkly, and a vampire. They were discussing the difficulties inherent in the facts that A, they were falling in love with each other, while B, the vampire was particularly attracted to the scent of her blood and was having a difficult time restraining himself from killing her immediately. For what is essentially a transcript of my dream, please see chapter 13, Confession of the book that's wild that's so interesting also i i gotta say maybe maybe this is true i can't say that it's not but no way she talks about this like it was completely in third person no way she wasn't the the average girl in the the dream (laughs) right (laughs) yeah With, with how much like uh, uh, an extension of Stephanie Meyer, Bella feels that, yeah, that does feel a little. <laughs> Not that uh, it matters at all, but it is no. just a funny little uh, editing, I would assume. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I am, I, you know, again, I, I yeah, I, 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 I can't say I don't believe that, right? Because I, I have really no ground to stand on for that. But I do find that interesting because it feels so... <sighs> myth makey you know like like this th- that to me just feels like jk rowling saying she came up with all of her all seven books on the train you mm-hmm. know like because the the romantic underpinnings of this chapter just don't match the energy that has worked so well up until this point um and and i think that it it just feels so nervous about what it's getting into, right? Like and 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 so uh like desperate with how much it's trying to like sell you on these being like the you know, the big quotes to take away from this novel in a way that nothing in this book has felt like up up until this point. Um I don't know. I I, yeah. I I guess I believe her, right? But like what a weird what a weird thing if that's true. Like like I, I, I don't know how to how to how to square that with, with what I read because it's just like None of this is is anywhere near as saucy and as like well rounded as the rest of the the presentation of these characters. Hmm, I think that's really interesting. I I think that I 
I believe her because I feel like I understand the strength of that dream essence. Like that feels mm-hmm. very authentic, right? That you could, yeah. because that is a, it's a very strong idea that she's describing here, right? It's totally literally yeah. like two pe- people and you know, the core of that, the one person wants to kill the other person, but they're in love. Right. And it's yeah. like this very compelling, uh, like almost dream logic, exciting um, idea. Yes. And so I think it is interesting that if that, like, truly, like, I could see someone be like, okay, well, I'm writing this story to make this scene happen. Um, but being scared of how, like, powerful that emotional core is and somehow mm-hmm. ending up where that chapter, that dream part is some of the most, like, shy, muddied stuff in here versus everything else is strong. I I can almost see how you get there. And that's very interesting because I I think that that is like if that came with the like powerful emotional core of that dream, I could see why someone might get a little shy away from that because it is a little bit it's a little saucy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking about your dreams especially if they really rattle you like it sounds like this one might have right like rattled her enough to write a book about it you know i could <laughs> I see mean, really she's coming up like so i had this horny dream and yeah. i wrote a book about it from that perspective if you know like 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 taking her at her word that this is like that this was the genesis of this chapter then like i i do get it right it's like getting gun shy about talking about your insanely horny vampire dream i get it <laughs> you know i say go um, for it though right like you're writing right. a book come on yeah yeah and i think i think that you know i i think that that is where the sensation i feel reading this chapter really rests is that like well I have been reading 12 chapters of will they or won't they build up to the moment where they do. And, you know, we're, we're at, we're at the kiss in the romance novel and, and it just doesn't feel confident. It doesn't feel like it's really saying what it wants to say. Um, I think the characters uh, need to say what's going on more directly. I'm going to diagnose that as, maybe the main problem going on here Mm -hmm. and it's the like nothing wrong with writing about shame right but i just wish that the characters would just come out and say like you know more directly how they're feeling to each other there there is one incredibly oblique reference to like sex in here um (laughs) yeah I'm actually curious. I'm curious what 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 Edward has to say about it. Sure. Um, but when uh, he when he's talking about like oh I'm 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 feeling, I mean like like I think I think just as an aside here I think what's interesting is that she absolutely had an out here that was not taken right. Mm-hmm. In that I do think that the I'm feeling more human and I don't know how to process that thing that Edward goes through at one point in this chapter. Mm-hmm is absolutely a really good like 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 that's a that's a potent idea for like 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 you know you name it but i but 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 i think that in in this case in particular i think it's a very interesting 
way to be or interesting cover for exploring like religious shame right of just like like i am feeling more human i am i want to like like, like you could you can make the story about like oh i, I want to fuck so bad i'm a vampire right but like without ever actually saying that because i think that like oh i feel human in a way that i haven't before i have base impulses that i've never had before uh that you know that has some some yeah. some weight behind it and I'm, yeah I mean, it's too bad that he already has and um, has been forgiven, but now he's having it again and more. <laughs> right. But I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. But but the, anyway, the, the, like while he while he's sort of like having the soliloquy about about feeling more human, um, uh, there are other hungers, hungers I don't even understand that are foreign to me. I may understand that better than you think, is what Bella says to that, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the unwillingness it has to even like unwillingness to even trade in metaphor it doesn't seem to know how based on the uh this is like <laughs> if i was addicted to drugs it, it is it is a book in search of a way to say what it wants to say and clearly can't find it i guess is 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 the way i'll a way i will put it does that um, conversation happen before or after the drug metaphor? That's after. After. Um. I, I do think it's funny that I think that the metaphor in here is much more about sex and abstinence, and yet the mm-hmm. metaphor that he literally says is about drugs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's utterly ludicrous. Yeah, and in mine, he's, like, spending all this... T- like, he does all this stuff in his head. Like, he, he does some, like, math calculations to stop being horny. <laughs> What he's, he's like thinking about like like unsexy stuff to make sure he doesn't get a boner. It's like, yes. What? Oh yes. my god. Oh, please find that. I want to hear. I mean, this. not to not get a boner, but to not drink blood, to yeah. not have the vampire venom flood his mouth or whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, where is it? He does some like ridiculous calculations about like bugs in the area. Oh my god. Um. Gosh, it's so long, too. It's sort of in the beginning, and he's, um, I think it's when she first touches him, like, touches his hand and stuff. Um, or maybe it's, like, right after he jumps away and is, like, crouching in the forest. Um, I decided to try to juggle a few more tasks while still tuning into the flow and ebb of her blood. I would see if the distraction was too much. First, I gathered information. I triangulated the exact location of the birds I could hear. And then by their calls, identified each one's genus and species. I analyzed the irregular splash that revealed life in the stream. And after equating the water displaced with the size of the fish, deduced the most likely variety... categorized the nearby insects. Unlike the more developed species, the insects ignored my kind as they would a stone by the speed of their wing movements and the elevation of their flight or the tiny clicking sounds of their legs against the soil. As I continued to classify, I added calculation if there were currently 4,913 insects in the area of the meadow, which was roughly 11,035 square feet. How many insects on average would exist in the 1,400 square miles of the Olympic National Park? And then on and on. Insect populations dropped 1% for each, for each 10 feet of elevation and on and on. So he's like trying not to get a boner. Why? And then he's Why like, but you're my favorite do- brand of heroin. Oh my god. Why is he Dr. Manhattan? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't really quite understand that. I, I, a big highlight on that one, because I sort of think that the fantasy of the vampire 
sometimes, especially in these sorts of things, it's like they're super smart, but in the way that like they've been around for a long time. So it's like they're yeah. like, I know when World War II ended because I was there. But this is like, this is like boy genius stuff. Yeah, he's Jimmy Neutron. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, I was thinking about the sodium chloride. Shut up. <laughs> I, I don't know if the implication is that being a vampire just makes you a genius or if it's yeah. like or if it's this like assumption that if you live long enough you will become a genius, which you seems You will just become smart. That seems not accurate. I, I, this I guess is I really know. <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny because it's like it's so close to one of the things I did find endearing about Edward, the like the baseball Rolodex thing, right? right? But that I liked that because it felt characterful, right? Like he just he likes baseball, and so he has spent a hundred years going really deep on baseball stats, right? Um, now it just seems like he's Wikipedia, you know? Like, he just knows everything and thinks about it. And because he's old, he has just uh, uh, acquired a mass of information. And he's that's... only a hundred. Y- yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I've met a lot of people who are, like, you know, in their 80s and 90s, and they don't, it doesn't always make them smart, you know? <laughs> like... I, I mean, like, I could maybe make there's a there's an age where i could almost buy into it right like mm-hmm. if they are multiple thousands of years old and it's like okay you've had a lot of time to become really weird yeah. right yeah but not 104 yeah that's like just beyond like human lifespan in a way where it's like i don't i don't know but like <laughs> we we've got some people in their 70s who are not very smart you know, like it, yeah, it's not a it's not a linear correlation. I so I don't know. so does that mean the implication is being a vampire makes you super smart? Like he in the same faster? way that yeah, guess, like yeah, like because you're super fast and super strong and super smart. Yeah, because he's got super reflexes and stuff. So maybe he he can he's like the Flash where he can like process information in like atto seconds or whatever but like that's crazy like like he would be see the thing is it's like i i'm not against that idea but if that is the idea then the story isn't doing enough it's it's a damned if you do damned if you don't really because if if that is how i meant to take it then the story is not doing nearly enough with it right like mm-hmm. it should feel like she's dating like a super ai if that's what the character is but it's not really that no, and it's being employed to give me the impression that he's, like, eating cornflakes to not jerk off. So that's not very cool. <laughs> that's really what it feels like. He's just thinking about bugs to not get a boner. That's so lame. But it's like drugs, also. Oh, oh. I've already said laborious, but that is what this chapter just feels like, right? It's, it just cannot, cannot commit to this thing that it is supposed to be about it's supposed to be about wanting to fuck a vampire like come on this is the saw trap you put an alcoholic in a room with very expensive cognac but there are also math problems there so if the person (laughs) can do the quadratic formula one million times they won't drink the the brandy (laughs) so it's kind of like that on its face the his his addiction metaphors are are ridiculous i think that they reveal a a a large lack of either uh uh knowledge or empathy or both on stephanie meyer's part 
Um, but specifically, I cannot get my head around the idea that, like, the higher the perceived quality of the thing someone is addicted to is, the more likely they are to get it. Like, people, you can get addicted to some real garbage. I don't think, I don't think it really matters if it's expensive or not. Like... Yeah, I mean, it almost like other than it, other than it being tasteless and and on and on and on, it feels like a poor understanding even of an addiction metaphor, like from a pop culture standpoint, right? Yeah. Does that mean that it would be less like like less uh, fucked up to like force a recovering alcoholic to drink stale beer? Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even want to. Dumb and mean is what I will, will call it, right? Oh, for sure. Um, want to hear something gross? Yes, please. Here's, here's, um, Edwards, um, listening to her blood, um, in, and I think it's, like, the unhorniest thing I've ever read, even though it's, like, he's horny for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I was always so careful not to think about her blood, the scent I couldn't avoid, but the fluid, the movement, the pulse, the hot liquidity of it, these were things I could not dwell on, but now I let (laughs) it fill my mind, invade my system, attack my controls, the gushing and throbbing of it, the pounding and sloshing, the surge through the biggest arteries, the ripple through the smallest vein, the heat of it, the heat that washed in waves across my exposed skin despite the distance between us, the taste of it burning on my tongue and aching in my throat. It's just the the unhorniest horny thing I've ever read. Yeah. I have a very minor nitpick with this, but this is a genuine question. Sure. Liquidity. That's that's not what that means. He's going to sell it. Right. He's going to sell it, it for some is, liquid is assets. There a, is there a non-financial term uh, uh, use for liquidity? I thought that that word was invented to describe markets. Like I don't like I, I are we talking about the liquidity of water before that? <laughs> I I guess I don't really know that answer. Liquidity. If I look this I'm like genuinely Okay, so liquid Okay, so liquid is Latin. Liquidus. But I but liquidity Early 17th century, which is when stocks became a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that liquidity was always using the, the concept of liquid to describe, like, money. I don't think there's ever... I don't think liquidity is, uh, <laughs> is, has ever been used to describe something being liquid. Something I, liquid. I, I could be wrong here, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm looking this up and I'm not finding anything... But I, he's been talking to Alice too much, maybe. Oh, probably the stocks for sure. <laughs> that is uh, a lot of pumping and gushing and and, and squelching. It's his favorite brand of heroin. Gushing and squelching, sloshing and, and sloshing and yeah. Well, I guess we should probably just get to the actual like kiss now, right? Like, like, like. Why didn't they just kiss in the meadow? The, the not kissing in the meadow is so funny to me. Like you have you have the the characters like you contrive the entire story around getting the characters to this like beautiful picturesque meadow and then they kiss by a truck. It's yep. very funny. Yep. There's there's a version of this I think where I think it where where it maybe works and that like I I I wrote that 
joke in my summary about how funny it is that they have this amazing romantic kiss and then they argue about who's gonna drive you know yeah but i i like i do sort of like the the sort of mundanity of it i guess Mm -hmm. for a vampire like they've just had this crazy vampire experience and then they just like kiss by the car and sort of have this light argument about driving like that feels very humanizing in a funny way but i have no idea if that's like I mean, that's the Bella Edwards stuff we love, right? Is that they're just, like, so melodramatic, but they're just going about, like, really normal stuff. That's a really good point. I think that maybe the meadow is what, like, like the whole scene takes us away from what works about these characters. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the fact that they are, like, both, they, they're both two people who feel alienated in, in, uh the modern world, right? And by putting them in a place, like, basically a vacuum, like, they're on the moon from Majora's Mask here, right? Like, like, like it is it is a <laughs> fantasy realm that they have stepped yeah. into. Uh-huh. Y- you lose what makes them romantic by comparison. You know what I mean? I think so, yeah. They have their ordinary lives and they have a little secret with each other, right? And that's sort of the fun part. Yeah. So you're right. This just like on an alien planet in this meadow, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Take, taking them out of um, not even like the, because the, it's not really the danger. It's just that like both of them are deeply lonely and uh, isolated and... They're isolated in a fairly populated space. You know, they're going to school. They uh, uh, Bella's living with her dad. She has like friends that she's like keeping up appearances with. And like, what what what's fun is them navigating that. And I think that like removing their romance from having to be hidden away from like you know the quote unquote real world. The closer it gets to just being out and out full fantasy rather than just sort of like light urban fantasy it mm-hmm. it loses what's fun about the characters yeah yeah i think i agree with that 100% was the was the run back to the car as insane for you as it was for me like just <laughs> a just a crazy thing to do it's it's pretty abrupt and very silly but like it it's at, at that point like i i i was so exhausted by keeping track of whether or not edward was like Run, running around the field or next to Bella that I had been sort of like inoculated, I think, mm-hmm. to like uh, the the running scene. I I was just like, okay, sure. He gets she he gives her a piggyback ride back to the car. He has this like he lo- he has this moment where he loves to run. It feels like reading um like a like a horse girl book a little bit Mm. like all of a sudden it's like this like ecstasy of just running free uh Mm -hmm. moment i couldn't suppress my laughter i didn't really want to i couldn't remember ever feeling so free to be myself of course that wasn't exactly true i was always free and open when it was just me and my family however i never felt like this with my family ecstatic wild every cell of my body alive in a new electric way being with bella intensified all sensation and they're like running and it's very strange the actual description of his of his run once she's finished, like, attaching herself to him, uh, she notes that it would be enough to, like, choke a normal person, the uh-huh. way she's, like, clinging on to him. 
Uh, he streaked through the dark, thick underbrush of the forest like a bullet, like a ghost. There was no sound, no evidence that his feet touched the earth. His breathing never changed, never indicated any effort. But the trees flew by at deadly speeds, always missing us by inches. And, like, it, it's it's definitely a very evocative, like, sense of speed and whatnot. But then they just, like, get to the car and stop. <laughs> like, mm. it, it's it's so... I, I guess it's because he is he has already like displayed his like super strength and his super speed and his like driving powers and stuff that it's like this scene might have felt like a bigger moment of like ah he's finally free to be who he is around her moment if we hadn't had been getting those constantly you know and so it right. almost just feels like a just like just another moment between them rather than like a like a, a a new a new sense of trust being built. Huh, I guess for me it does feel like it's new because this is the first time Edward isn't down in the dumps. Uh cuz mm. he's he's wild and free, having another new joyous experience. I'd always loved to run for nearly 200 years and by my purest physical happiness, but now sharing this with her no distance between us bodily or physically, I realized or no, excuse me, psychically that makes more sense. I realized how much more pleasure there could be in simply running than I'd ever imagined. And this is like the first time that he ever isn't just like moping. So this is a huge hmm. moment for him. Oh, that so that's actually point point for Stephanie Meyer here, I guess. That's that's a nice moment of like taking something new away from a scene mm-hmm. that's being rewritten, right? Because in mine, I I I feel like you barely get the sense that he is feeling much different because he's still being very mysterious as as always mm-hmm. in his dialogue to Bella and he's even like like Bella describes him as like you know still muttering under his breath and being sarcastic like before and after the the run so that's mm-hmm. cute i guess like like hearing that he actually was feeling something different and it was just kind of like being inscrutable and Bella wasn't able to tell that's something i like that yeah, because this is like, as far as the trajectory of my chapter goes, he has realized as they're leaving the meadow that he has passed his trial, right? His, yeah, His prophecy yeah. trial. And now he's like, now I can embrace these like new good feelings and that's, be that's like cool. honest with them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's, that's a nice, that's a nice moment. Uh, and, and specifically, I think something that's like juicy enough to justify writing it from his perspective right like that's the kind that's the kind of thing that i would have expected and wanted a lot of reading a book rewritten from a different character's pov right yeah like 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 just getting a different a, 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 a different sense of what i assumed was going on in his mind when i couldn't see in yeah mm. that's nice um i will say the unfortunate part of doing the run is that um it is described as the hike would have taken them hours, and if he ran, it would only take them, like, three minutes. So I'm pretty sure Bella would have died um, <laughs> at those speeds, but... Bella's, like, taking fighter jet Gs going up this going up this trail. Yeah, That's so fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Um... This'll this'll be an interesting one. Shall we calculate our boyfriend points? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um this is really just one conversation. So I, I, I guess maybe should we 
sort of like calculate like a package deal for him here, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do that. Um, because I I feel like there's a lot to take away and maybe a, a lot to give, but it, this is really us evaluating one scene that they have together. <laughs> so we 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 we've got a uh uh. uh well, yeah, let's 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 try and this is, we're doing a draft package deal here. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's figure this out. Um, uh, I, 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 I guess the main question here is, do you think overall this is positive or negative? Um, from gosh, that's really hard. I almost want to say it's neutral. Like just net zero, you yeah, think? I kind of do. I I get my positives aren't that strong, and neither are my negatives. I guess. Yeah. Um, I did not find him particularly charming or cool in this scene. No. Um, but nothing. Well, maybe it is negative because of the stupid thing about the heroine. Because <laughs> that's probably he's... my strongest impression. Yeah, because like my big strong negatives are like. Well, he did come up with a completely inappropriate and 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 ridiculous addiction metaphor to explain his addiction metaphor. Um, and then also he uh, jumped around and broke a tree and was like doing backflips <laughs> and whatever, like just being a weirdo. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think that my positive is like, well, he he you know he he did the thing. He 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 did the kiss. So. That's something. Is the kiss right? very suave in your version? Yeah, he kind of nails it, I think. Because um, in mine, it just sounded like she was nauseous from the oh, run. No. Oh, dear. Yeah, <laughs> she was, like, really motion sick in mine. But, I mean, she she uh, she definitely was... Um, uh, she was, you know, kind of kind of off, off kilter... Uh, but the way that mine sort of plays out is that they're doing their little verbal sparring thing back and forth. Um, and, you know, she's calling him a show off for the running thing and, and he's, he's joking about it. And then, uh, he's just like, uh, Hey, I wanted to try something. And then he kisses her and I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of. Okay. So it's sort of clunky in mine because he's like, oops, did I make her really sick? And then he kisses her and is like, oh, she looks a little pale, but I hope it's from the kiss and not for being being really ill. So I was like half expecting oh. her to like walk away and throw up or something. Barf. Barf. Um, she should barf in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the chainsaw man kissing there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's, that feels revisionist. What you're telling me, like okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's very unsexy and very clunky in mine, uh, but it might just be like a symptom of Midnight Sun always like taking everything to its most like dramatic seriousness, yeah, because of the way Edward is. So, like, of mm-hmm. course, her nausea and like motion sickness would be dramatic and serious as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we just have to go more on your version because i don't think edward can take the hit on this one yeah i i think that that net zero might be the right call here how were how were sort of his explanations for his bad behavior before he literally just 
details the plot of Midnight Sun to her. That's very funny because mine just uh, skips that part and says, I explained the plot of Midnight Sun to her. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is, I, I gotta be honest, like, like this, uh, this, is, this isn't even like a, a, a boyfriend points criticism. That was just like personally excruciating to read. Do you like, think that it would have felt more like a reveal if you hadn't, I mean, obviously it would, yeah. but would you be like, ah, I see why he was this way. I, yeah, I, I think that, like, that's kind of why I didn't touch on it much um, in our discussion, because I was like, I, I feel like I, if there's one thing that I'm, like, poisoned on mm-hmm. for being able to, like, fairly address, it's that, right? Cause, that like, makes sense. Because, like, it, it, to me, it was just like, oh my god, he is just literally explaining everything that I already know, and it's, like, three pages of him outlining everything and saying how bad he feels and, and this is why he's so tortured or whatever and like i i i i think that i i the the, the furthest I'll, I'll go with it is is i think i i would maybe feel still not great about it if i didn't already know it because i think that similar to the addiction metaphor stuff is that it is a very detailed explanation of a thing that I already got because just because of who he is as a character, right? Like I get that he is tortured. I get that he is a vampire who is, is conflicted between uh, eating her or loving her or whatever. The book has been very clear about that up until this point. And I don't know if I needed the play-by-play. You know what I mean? It sounds like it could have been well summarized by Edward saying, like, uh, when I first first smelled you, I I wanted to kill you and I hated you for that. Instead of going literally scene by scene, explaining what he was thinking in those individual moments. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's similar to, similar to uh, the other thing. It's just like, this feels like a real lack of faith in the audience to get what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but who knows? Like, I, I could just be being unfair because like, we've, we've got this very unique, like reading structure set up, <laughs> but right, I was just like, right. I was just like, holy fuck, dude, this is three pages of you explaining stuff. I already know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's new. That's neutral as far as boyfriend points goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I this is this is almost like like boyfriend points is in a unique spot this week. I think this is less boyfriend points and this is almost like like boyfriend court, you know. It's like yeah. and, and I think we're, I think we're like dismissing the case this week, you know? Like it's so close to just being negative though. Like the more I'm like we're going over it, I'm like he he destroyed a tree. He ran around and crouched <laughs> in the woods. He like zipped away and thought that he. I was like, oh, good thing I didn't rip her hands off. Um, uh, I made you motion sick when we ran to the car. Said like a really weird thing about alcoholics. Yeah, maybe. And then what's hmm. the po- what's the positive here? What is what is balancing that yeah. out? I, yeah, see, my my initial answer would have been, I think that them finally getting the kiss in worked pretty well. But from your book, it sounds like Edward really kind of stumbled into that one. Um, 
So... Oh, and that horrible line about the lion and the lamb. Yeah, like we're, really we're just cheesy. wrapping up some negatives, I think, and I don't have yeah. a whole lot in the positive column. Okay, so reevaluating. Just, I'm gonna throw this out there as like a way to think about it, and I think I think you're already here, but I'm like, I, I, I I'm processing this just just you know for how how we're gonna distribute any points here. If if we set aside, um. Any of his like, you know, any any of the backstory, any of his reasoning for this behavior, et cetera, et cetera. And we just look at this as like, imagine this is your third date with someone or whatever. Sure. And you just look at the, you look you look <laughs> at the events that transpire. Uh, would this be a good date? Disaster. <laughs> like, go- Utter disaster. Right. Yeah. Like Oh, he took me to this meadow and he was running around and, like, climbing on shit? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And honestly, like, a bad third date is way worse than a bad first date, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you've you've already, you know, you went went to Olive Garden with this guy and it was all right. Uh, uh, But but here you are in the woods. You've gone hiking. You're going hiking with him. And it's like, I don't know. You're being weird. You're, yeah. Why did you break that branch off? What? <laughs> oh, I got... Oh, he told me about his political opinions this time. Oh, it's I don't like know. He's, he got, like, a little too comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, it feels like Edward Edward has, like, accelerated the relationship to, like, the crapping with the door open level, right? <laughs> you know, and you're like, Edward, I, I don't think we, I don't think we're there. No, <laughs> this is the third date. This is not good. <laughs> yeah, okay, if we look at it from, from that perspective, like, this is their, this is their big date, their third date, and it's like, like, ooh, my, you know. Am There's I, been a lot I, of build up to this one. Am, am, I, am I inviting? Am I inviting this this person in for coffee after this one? No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, uh oh, uh oh, Edward. So what are we thinking? This is the third date. Package also, deal sh- of he points. He was shirtless the entire time. No, well, no, not entirely. What he was? He he had a. <laughs> He had a sleeveless button-up shirt unbuttoned the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) A very important detail. Uh, I think in mine, he, like, thinks about how he's got to thank Alice later about the shirt. Oh, my God. She really doubled down on this one. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, so there yeah, so again, you show up for the third date and he's wearing a sleeveless <laughs> sleeveless shirt. Yeah. It's not this is the terrible date. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This, um This could be like a minus 50 at least. This is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh Edward um Sorry, bud. I mean, like, he clearly put a lot of effort into the idea for this date, you know, taking her to this this special meadow so he could show off his sparkles, but it, he really kind of dropped the ball on everything else. <laughs> Darn. Okay, so we're gonna go minus 50? Yeah. Alright, minus 50. Bad third date. 
Yeah, sorry about that, Edward. You are now at negative 495 points. Uh, I thought we were going to p- start pulling up on this one, but Yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of been suffering in the past few chapters. Yeah. Up and down, but not not really making any headway, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, maybe you know it seems like there's quite a bit of book left to go so maybe he'll have a chance to to take her on a better date but this one was a this was a disaster yeah yeah it was um and uh i think it's time for us to take a little bit of a break what do you say yeah let's do it Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, it's been a little while since we checked in with Hogwarts Legacy. Ooh. The uh, sure-to-be-thrilling AAA game coming soon, probably this year, but maybe not. Who knows? They haven't really uh-huh. said much recently. We briefly touched on this uh, uh, when it happened, but there was the DLC leak. Um, oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago that I'd like to dive into to a little deeper. Yeah. Um, and uh, there that has spawned a lot of very fun stuff on the Harry uh, the Hogwarts Legacy subreddit ideas tab. Wonderful. Um, so we are going to take a little a little trip uh, 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 there. So here is the initial leak. I found a list of DLC slash extras offered with initial game purchases. I found a list of extras for game editions when viewing the source code of the HogwartsLegacy.com homepage. I couldn't find any relevant references to any of the names online, so it would appear nobody has mentioned this yet. I first noticed it a few weeks ago, but I just now got around to posting about it. I obviously don't know if this is the full list or if it's accurate. Things could have changed during development since the list was added to the website source, or these could have been placeholder items with no real plans to include them in the first place. But the exact names of uh, in the source as of today are 1. Thestral Mount 2. Dark Arts Cosmetic Pack 3. Dark Arts Battle Arena 4. Dark Arts Garrison Hat Five, 72 hours early access to the game. Six, Kelpie Robe. Seven, Steel Case. Eight, Floating Ancient Magic Wand with Book. <laughs> wow. There are also some separate labels of digital only and digital deluxe only, but there aren't any details about which extras these labels apply to, which extras will be included with which editions, or what editions of the game will even be offered. Um... I will send you a link here. As you can see, this person went above and beyond uh, with the <laughs> post here. Um, I guess that answers my question right um, up at the top, which was um, trying to figure out what person is combing the source code of the Hogwarts Legacy website, but also is like, ah, I just got around to posting about it. Um, yeah. but I guess it's someone who clearly puts a lot of thought and care into their posts. Yeah, we're back to the stories about posting, uh, topic. This, this is a posting hero, clearly. 
Yeah, it has formatting even. There's like some quoted text. There's some like big header text and some bolded, uh, bolded stuff, bullet points. Wow. Yeah, a lot of speculation that they've written. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm also just now noticing that on the the rules tab on the right here. Yeah. Uh, rule number six, no Harry Potter related bashing. And then rule number eight, uh, political topic embargo, JKR and Troy Levitt, who is the <laughs> Gamergate guy who got kicked off the game. We would like right, to keep discussion right. on this subreddit focused on the game and away from political arguments as such that we ask you, please refrain from posting any opinions or arguments about JKR or Troy Levitt. Boy. Interesting. Hmm. Real, racking up a real rogues gallery here. I yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Wonder what that, could it mean? Yeah. Um. So, uh, this this article goes on to speculate that the floating ancient magic wand with book is a physical item. Um. Uh, presumably like a statue or something that comes with the the deluxe edition. You know those those crappy, sta- uh, 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 like two hundred dollar collector's editions. Uh, crappy. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to report that that uh, the quality of things that come in video game bundles kind of suck most of the uh, time. What? <laughs> Kelpie robe is either a digital or exclusive or a pre-order bonus. Um, I assume Kelpie robe has just got to be like a different color for your Hogwarts robe, right? It's just going to be a green robe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the steel case might be a Best Buy exclusive, and the extras are either only obtainable with purchases of their respective editions or are unlockable in the storyline. Avalanche has said the game won't have microtransactions, and the FAQ on the Hogwarts Legacy website reiterates this. If they're sticking to that, it suggests all DLC would either have to be free or part of the initial purchase. So yeah, this is just like, if you buy it early, you get some crap stuff. Yeah, yeah. normal video game stuff. Normal video game stuff. I have... Basically, my one big question about it, and we might have talked about this, but but I, I I do find it very funny. The Festral Mount. It's yeah. just such a great idea. Like, I know that there's like a hippogriff that they've shown in the trailers, and I just love the idea of them making that invisible and just having that be the festival <laughs> mount. But I mean, it would be very funny if it's like invisible until you kill someone, but I assume there's not killing. I'm so yeah. There's a lot of combat, but will you actually be killing people in this game? I feel like that would really push it over from teen to m you know what i mean like yeah you're a, yeah you're a game about a child murdering people that seems it seems like new territory um yeah um but uh the main reason i want to visit the subreddit here uh is because this uh this has caused kind of a wave of speculation mm-hmm. um and i'll send you a link to the tab uh the ideas tab and 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 you can take a look and and uh, uh, see if there's any juicy stuff in here. I've chosen a couple. Um, 
people have, have come up with some ideas for their ideal collector's editions. Wonderful. Uh, nobody so far has gone as far as the cyberpunk guys who made the 3D renders of what they were expecting. Oh. But hopefully. Maybe hope, one day. Hope they're doing okay. <laughs> uh, idea. I have no idea if they are planning on releasing a collector's special or deluxe edition for our game. I feel like they will. However, I've thought up some cool ideas that I'd like to share. How about a physical copy of a map for in-game that we could look physically look at as a guide that is similar to the Marauders map. Since the Marauders map didn't exist back in the late 1800s, another idea was all four house batches in physical, embroidered sew-on patches, or something that's able to be ironed onto a piece of clothing. It would be too hard to distribute everyone their own house patch, so I mentioned all four, but maybe miniaturized. Another idea I heard of was a miniature model of the Hogwarts Legacy Castle, or maybe a 3D model of the Legacy Symbol. I love hearing new ideas and opinions, so if you have any of them, drop them below. This is so depressing. <laughs> I, I would love some crap, please, in my game. It would be too much work for them to distribute everyone's actual Hogwarts house, so maybe we get all four of them miniaturized. Miniaturized. Miniature from what? <laughs> Miniature patch. I don't know how, how big they're imagining the patches being if they think that four is too many and they need to be miniaturized. <laughs> um... But there's a, there's a reason I picked this one, and it's because the top comment is, I'd like a map of the whole world. Wormtail's map. Wormtail's scale map. map. <laughs> That's what Voldemort said to Wormtail. I would like a map of the whole world, please. I'd like a map of the whole world, to which the OP responds, that would be really be so awesome. And then they reply, one thing I'm hoping our costumes are in the game. I would like to get a Plague Doctor costume. That'd be fudging rad. It's gothic, and it's a little bit in the time where the game takes place. It's a little bit in the time of the plague. It's a little bit in the time of the game takes place. <laughs> I feel like if you were wearing a Plague Doctor outfit in, like, 1900, you would be <laughs> not allowed in many places. You're also like... 15 and at school. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, a lot of people are hoping for a wand. People really want a wand, and I would like to suggest to them there is a whole subreddit of people who might make you one of those. Yeah. Um, even a even a fat wand, if you prefer. Perhaps, um, perhaps. Uh, I'm thinking a map, a Hogwarts crest paperweight, or something along those lines, a personal house label pin, oh, lapel pin, they mean, um, and maybe a thank you note from the developers in the form of a Hogwarts letter. I do oh. need a thank you. Yeah, I need a thank you from the developers, please. <laughs> if the developers aren't groveling to me when I open this game collector's edition that I bought, then I'm sending it back. I'm a train nerd, so if they throw something in to do with the Hogwarts Express, I I would love it. This this now this guy's got something going on. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Train uh, nerds, you're okay by me. Train train nerds uh, deserve a, a, a nice a nice collector's edition. I, yeah. I think. Uh, I heard from a friend who knows a guy who knows a guy whose neighbors with a dev who says a collector's edition is coming. 
<laughs> I don't know if they're be I don't know if they're trying to do an uncle at Nintendo joke or if they're being serious here. They but that's must a very be. it's a very good post. A lot of people <sighs> This is this is something that's kind of been everything to do with this game, but I love the people who are trying to post the most realistic thing that we'll get. Mm-hmm. And, like, really aiming low. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And going, it's like, oh, I'd guess it'd be something along the lines of enamel pins, a wand, a Hogwarts letter, and a poster. <laughs> like, just Perhaps there will be a mouse pad. I, I, love, I love fantasizing about this game enough to post on the subreddit, but being also being jaded enough to be like, eh, it's probably just going to be some crap. Like, it's Can't wait be... to get the Best Buy exclusive steel case. <laughs> People love those steel cases. I will I will never understand that, but there's a whole whole market huh. out there for steel cases of games. Oh, I always wondered what the point was. Yeah, I remember I had one for Doom 3 on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool. Um and then uh one day I opened it and it just like cuz and like I opened it like I was holding you know, like one half of it, and I opened the front cover, and it's like it's kind of heavy because it's like coated in metal or whatever, and it just like fell apart. Like I, I must have just like dropped the cover uh-huh. onto, you know, like like opened it too fast or something, and it just right. like cra- just completely cracked uh, itself and and fell Darn. apart. And I've kind of never, never really cared about them ever since then. Sure. Um, was Halo 2 the first thing you ever saw with one of those? I remember that was like a big thing. Like, ooh, Halo 2 comes in a metal box. I don't even know what my first noticing of that was. Because it's so nothing to me. Yeah, it's a really... Uh, yeah, I've, I've never understood steel cases, but people love them. Mm-hmm. Um, Do they still make player's guides? Uh, that's a really good question. Player's guides. Like... Prima and stuff like that. Yeah, like, do those still come out with every game release? Um, I think that they do for, like, maybe, like, the big game. Strategy guys. What's, like, a really, like, big, like, RPG that came out recently? Elden Ring? Does that have one? No way. Yeah, Elden Ring official strategy guide. Yeah. Here we go. Holy shit. Official Strategy Guide Volume 1. Okay. Whoa. Huh. Uh, I used so to think th- those were so cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, and sometimes that- they'd have a map in there or a poster. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, um, and when I, was a, I was a little kid and, like, my access to video games was a lot more restricted than it eventually got, um, I would always, like, get around not being able to play a bunch of games by uh when we went to the library i would simply check out the player's guide for a game i hadn't played and read about read all about it yeah i did i did stuff like that too i remember i had the pokemon player's guide before i ever had the game so i don't know if it was one of those things like my parents bought the player's guide for me and then like maybe they knew they were getting me like a game boy for christmas or something Mm. but i read that cover to cover so many times it was very that, exciting. That was that, that too was like I feel like when you were in the kind of like the late '90s, early 2000s era of game stuff, mm-hmm. right? Is it's like 
the strategy guide was where you would find the cool pictures of like the yeah. concept art and stuff, right? Like, yeah, like that's where you'd get like the cool, like really high res CGI picture of like Mario swinging Bowser around. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this is way higher resolution than it would be on my computer. Yeah. Yeah, and they were helpful because you would get stuck in games and there was no recourse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed a lot of strategy guides. I'm looking at I'm looking into this and like it seems like there's a big market for like collecting old strategy guides for, for like famous games. Oh damn. I have a that, bunch of those. Oh yeah? Ooh. Yeah. You should, oh, yeah. You should go through those. That'd be fun. See what you got. They're um, cool. The Halo Combat Evolved Strategy Guide goes for, like, 70 bucks. Damn. Um, I have my the one for, like, Pokemon Yellow and, like, Banjo-Kazooie and all of those. Those are, if those are in decent condition, hmm. Might be sitting on a, a fortune over here. If you're sitting on a gold mine, this sounds like a fun segment for an episode or something to do sometime. Yeah, definitely. Just, just get through, you know, find all your books and we can go through what you what you got. That sounds really cool. I have the Twilight Princess one, but it's the GameCube edition, which, as you remember, the Wii version oh, was mirrored because it was he's left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you were playing the Wii version, you would have to, like, reinterpret all the directions. Yep. <laughs> but it came with a poster, I think. I I had the let's see I had the Mario sixty four one I had the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance one I think and I had uh the Fire Emblem ones for like the GBA Fire Emblems I remember I yeah, really liked yeah. those because because the art in those was super good wow huh. Ooh, I'm going down memory lane here. I know. I will never forget. Maybe I've told this story. This is not very related, but um, I really like the RPG, The Seventh Saga, the 1993 mm-hmm. um, uh, Enix uh, RPG. Uh, but as a kid, I was always like super duper stuck in it because it is like mm-hmm. really, really hard, um, partially because of like an error yeah. when they translated it and they like put too many zeros into the stats or like some some crap like that. Oh, um, shit. I, and so I would get stuck. And then um, I got like near the end, but I couldn't beat it. And my mom came home and had like printed the game FAQs like walkthrough for me oh. from work. And it was the first I'd ever seen like a walkthrough that was posted online. And I f- it felt like the holy grail to me. I was like, no way. Someone yeah. like wrote out what to do and put it online. That was crazy. That's so cool. That's a great. I I, I have a similar moment with um, funny funnily enough with T- Twilight Princess. Uh, mm. The way that I found out that Twilight Princess uh, was was announced was because my dad came home from work and he had printed on the color printer at work uh, <laughs> the two the two screenshots that they released to to announce it which was the oh, yeah. link link fighting the Lazalfos and like the shot of the forest and i yeah. was like oh, holy fuck <laughs> that's what it was like in the 2000s <laughs> yeah if you had shitty internet this is how this is how it had to go it was awesome yeah yeah um this person's cutting right to the chase with their collector's edition stuff. Uh, I don't care about merch. I prefer in-game contents like extra missions, equipment, or outfits. 
this person wants skins. This person wants skins and and DLC, which I'm sure I'm sure they'll probably make, but they haven't. I don't think they've announced any like DLC stuff for this game. Do you think like wand skins could be a thing, or does that not work? Cause they're just like sticks. I yeah, wands. Th- that that's something that I I, I find fascinating about. Because if you go, if you scroll through the ideas page and, and, and stuff, like, even going back before they showed off that video, the state of play, like, showing off all the game stuff, mm-hmm. um, people are always listing, like, I want wand customization as, like, a big part of the game. And, like, I get that it's important to Harry Potter, the story. Right. But how do you do that in a third-person action game? Right? Like, that, that that's always very strange to me. I don't really get that. Like, even from understanding the parts of Harry Potter that are appealing, the wand part is not at all to me. Like, I just, I just straight up don't get it. Especially when the, like, coolest part about it is the core, which you don't ever see. Yeah. Like, I, I would almost say that, like, if I, if I cared enough about Harry Potter at the stage to, like, design... To like, to, like, you know, dream design a game thing around this, right? It would be like, mm-hmm. surely you don't want it to be customizable. You want to be given a random one at Ollivander's that becomes yours, right? Right, like, right. Like, that That's would the be fantasy. Cool. Yeah, is that, is that you, you each, like, every player gets a, a like, randomly generated wand. And, and mm-hmm. like, that'd be kind of neat, I guess. But, like, yeah, the idea of, like, customizing them and, like, getting a wand. I'm like, the wands... The wands as guns thing was really a big part of, like, the movie aesthetic. Right. Like, oh, everyone has such a cool, you know, every character has, like, their own unique weapon or whatever. But it just, it doesn't, even if you do care about, like, like, oh, this is Harry's wand and, 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 you know, and, and so on. Like, you're, you're interested in that aspect of the movie design. It's like, these are third person action games where the camera's really far away. When are you ever going to see that? Like. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not like if it was first person, maybe right. But like, you know, when when are you gonna see it? Like maybe in cutscenes. That that's that's very. Yeah, I guess so. That's very interesting to me. Um. Uh, here is another post. Uh, detailing their dream collector's edition. Mm. This is Hogwarts Legacy Deluxe Special Collector's Edition. My wish list and thoughts. I don't typically find myself springing to go for the collector's editions of games I'm looking forward to buying. The most I'll do is a deluxe edition with a steelbook and, in some cases, in-game bonuses. Oh, okay. But I decided a long time ago that if Hogwarts Legacy offers any kind of deluxe, special, or collector's edition, I'd order it in a heartbeat. (laughs) I really like the, the, the preamble here being, I don't usually go in for these collector's editions. I usually just go for the, like second most expensive one i go for the epic edition not the collector's <laughs> edition that being said i've been a little dismayed that retailers have put out pre-orders for the game while there being no news of any kind of additional additions above the base game not even any pre-order bonuses considering how the main website for the game and even the digital storefronts for the consoles don't have the game available for pre-order yet i'm thinking that the retailers just jump the gun to see if they can lock down pre-orders for their store Yes. So there's still the possibility. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, so there's still the possibility of being optional additions available. I'm holding out for those to be announced. Uh, so I've been daydreaming and coming up with a wish list of what I'd like to see in a collector's edition of the game. 
First, I'd like to say that while it'd be cool to have additions tailored after the different houses, I don't think it'd be practical for them to make a specific amount of additions for each house. I feel like there may only be there may be more orders for one house over some others, and that could make it harder for someone to get a hold of the one they want. So I think one yes. general collector's edition would be best, but with memorabilia of all the houses included, they are really going in on this one. It's like patches for and, each and house, also- but like miniaturized. <laughs> <laughs> here's my wish list collector's edition will be packaged in a hogwarts or platform nine and three quarters style trunk uh, the trunks remember was it what was the was that a um i nearly said smith and wesson not fucking smith and wesson who's who's the company that makes all the kitchen stuff we used to look at oh uh willem sonoma Williamson, how did I get Smith and Wesson mixed up with Williamson Nova? <laughs> Very different. <laughs> um, they they sold the trunk for a while, and it was like six hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Hogwarts acceptance letter. It would be especially cool if it could be personalized, but I don't find that particularly realistic. Oh no, no, probably not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we've got to make four million customized letters. Uh, Hogwarts castle and grounds map Hogwarts house patches An alternative Mm. to patches Could be pins People really want these patches I'm sure you could go get these patches At like Barnes and Noble right Yeah I feel like like, like The checkout line at Target probably has those Right like Hogwarts house merch Is fucking everywhere Yeah uh, statue. I'd prefer a small model statue of Hogwarts. I've seen some YouTube videos of people wanting the dragon they've shown for the trailer so far, which I think would be cool. Maybe a hooded character facing down the dragon, but I would personally prefer a model of the castle. Hmm. Art book. Steelbook case. Maybe in the style of a spell book or a more stylized art of Hogwarts or something minimalist with simply the Hogwarts legacy symbol would be neat. In-game bonuses. Considering how there's still loads of information to come about the game, it's hard to imagine what specifically this could be. Maybe bonus decorative items to have available to use in the room of requirement, or special bonus outfits, or customizable options. Sometimes these types of games include uh, items offered in uh, collector's editions are useful gameplay bonuses. Maybe we get several potions or upgrade-slash-buffing items unlocked right away. Do people like uh, that? Do people like when you get gameplay bonuses for pre-ordering? No. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sure someone does, but, it, it, like, again, this is the thing that I find so fascinating about these, where it's like, they've clearly been around the block enough to know how disappointing these editions usually are. Right. And, like, pre- designing their dream one as having all of the disappointing shit that everyone sort of tolerates in them is very <laughs> funny. Uh, it's fantasizing very depressing. About, yeah, fantasizing about what a realistic collector's edition they could pay $200 for and be disappointed in is very funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh... I did some digging, and I'm trying to base my expectations off of how WB Games are handling the Gotham Knights collective Collector's Edition rollout. <laughs> Just last month, they unveiled the Collector's Edition for that game, which is slated to come out in October. Now, I don't know if retailers have the game available for pre-order before that or not in this case, but I'll bet that they did. With that in mind, it's possible we see something similar here. 
Hogwarts Legacy release window is revealed, so retailers start putting up their listings to get the jump on pre-orders, but the different additions and other bonuses won't be unveiled and made available until maybe five months out from release. So again, just really fantasizing about the most mundane, disappointing way this could go for them. Just oh. Five months out. Oh, we gotta wait to pre-order this thing that's gonna have the gameplay bonuses that I don't like, but maybe, you know, I, I'm assuming that they'll go in there. Just bleak. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I just don't feel this way. This no. is a, wow. <laughs> There's someone in the comments saying they should call it the Legacy Edition. The Hogwarts Legacy Legacy Edition. Wow. I, I guess they certainly could. They, they could do that. They better call it the Legacy Edition, LOL. There's multiple people saying this. Hold on. Hogwarts Legacy Legacy Edition. They better call it that. Uh, otherwise... Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> uh... Here's one. Here's another. I don't know why this is... Oh, this is in the speculation tab, which I guess is separate from the ideas tab. I hope people won't review bomb this game if Quidditch isn't a part of it. Uh, that's, <laughs> wh that's why it would be review bombed? I hope people don't review bomb this game because Quidditch isn't a part of it. Mm. I'm pretty sure Quidditch isn't a part of this game. It is probably too, too complex to make good in a game like this. Maybe it will come as an expansion or a side quest, but not as an active part of the base game. The developers have told us that most of our questions can be answered just by watching the state of play or reading the FAQ, and so far none of those indicate Quidditch. They only show what I imagine is flying a broom in a lesson with a teacher. If Why you read wouldn't the they put Quidditch in? Because, like, it's a mini-game game. Yeah, I, and it's not that complicated. Yeah, they put Quidditch in like the Game Boy Advance games, so I like I I sort of get where this person's coming from in that like you probably shouldn't expect like a AAA Quidditch simulator, right? But you know, like there's I I could see there being like a oh you're the keeper for a mini game or like oh you pass the ball right like yeah I don't know yeah it's probably not going to be FIFA Quidditch right right but right they'll put exactly. something in um and then of course this thread did have to be locked because the top comment is I hope people don't review bomb this game because of J K Rowling and everyone are started arguing uh, about that so uh, <laughs> whoops <laughs> can't have that discussion coming up on the subreddit I guess no absolutely not. We have to talk about the steel cases. We have to talk about the steel cases. That's so much more important than mm -hmm. politics or or Troy Levitt, the developer of the game, the lead designer. <laughs> um, summed up everything I want to see in game. Uh, this is just a giant list of words separated by commas. So I'm just mm -hmm. going to sure. read them. Romance, dialogue options, karma system, Quidditch, where we play as beater, seeker, chaser, keeper, mini games, gobstones, exploding smat, wizard chess games, clubs like dueling potions and club, or, or dueling club and potions club, enchanted what? druid armor. What? <laughs> enchanted druid armor. <laughs> what? That's one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> enchanted druid armor. <laughs> Just mage ones. 
dresses in game. I don't just mage ones dresses in game. Enchanted druid armor, just mage ones. Dresses in game. Dresses. Do they mean I, like? I agree. Cosmetics should are great. <laughs> Enchanted druid armor. Enchanted druid armor. Just mage ones. Dresses in game. Hmm. Uh, here's the. Re- this is the juicy one. This is what I. Why I picked okay. this one. Okay. Quest lines involving Ministry of Magic and uncovering a CIA conspiracy. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the CIA? <laughs> it just says quest lines involving the Ministry of Magic and uncovering a CIA conspiracy. Like the CIA? <laughs> or like a CIA like conspiracy? I I I yeah, I can't t- see. Here's the thing: I'm I'm two minds on this because to me, them choosing it, it, it doesn't say a CIA style conspiracy. It says a CIA conspiracy with the Ministry of Magic. Um, but on the other hand, surely they don't mean that because that would that sounds like the plot of an entire game if that happened, right? Like, oh, that is am- so specific. <laughs> <laughs> CIA also didn't exist in 1890, but I I don't I don't know what what else they could mean. Why would they choose that? Because if they were saying like you know MI6 conspiracy, because it's the Ministry of Magic, and presumably right, they right. they they hang out with the the Amer- the uh, the English spies, then maybe that would make sense, but. Questlines involving the Ministry of Magic and uncovering a CIA conspiracy <laughs> is a fascinating premise to me. It is fascinating and so specific, but also specifically not what this game is going to be about. Yeah, I. I this I, is the po- this is the post game quest line where you go is, um, yeah. to do your Dementor internship, but uh, unwittingly uncover a CIA conspiracy. <laughs> It turns out that the CIA has existed much longer than we thought it did, and they've been. I, I, I want to know: are is this like the Ministry of Magic versus the CIA, or are they working together on They're something? They're working together on something. Yeah. Dungeons where we discover the origin and nature of magic, ancient magic, where we harness wandless magic, harnessing magic imbued in weapons and armor, summoning spirits, elemental magic, sculpting landscapes, and nature, dark arts, necromancy, doing rituals, illusion, mind control, torturing, raising the dead. Ah! Now Sculpting here- landscapes. Sculpting landscapes? Like doing No Man's Sky stuff to the British countryside? Yeah, what does that mean? Here's one for you. Mm-hmm. I- intern quest lines <gasps> where intern we find out lines. about our future job in wizarding society dementor <laughs> internship dementor <laughs> keeper and what do i find at my internship a conspiracy a with the ministry conspiracy. of magic and the cia <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what's the energy like with our headmaster <laughs> Uh. 
This is one. <laughs> this is one paragraph, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the energy like with our headmaster? Do homework for astronomy, self transfiguration, and arithmancy. What is attending class like? Do we help others with homework? Fighting, dungeon gathering, puzzles. All the beasts in Fantastic Beasts, the film and the book, featured from Egyptian mythology and Greek mythology, perhaps. Whoa. Locations like the Teacher's Lounge, Ministry of Magic, Department of Mysteries, St. Mungo's Hospital Formalities, the Death Day Party with Nearly Headless Nick, Prison of Azkaban, Circus Arcanus, Magic Circus, Nocturne Alley, Let Me Write a Hippogriff with My Companions and Fight Dragons with My Wand, Underwater Levels. <sighs> wow. My <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> Just Se listing everything. Seasonal events, ability to skip classes and events for replayability, and mod support. Mod support. Whew. <laughs> I love how, like, super reasonable some of those are, and just, like, completely out of pocket, never gonna happen, some of them are. Yeah. They're not gonna like, put all of the beasts from the, the Fantastic Beasts book in. <laughs> They're just not. Book and film. Book and film. Book and film. <laughs> I I love I love the like acceleration from oh, they should put gobstones to enchanted druid armor. Enchanted druid armor. Enchanted druid armor. Questlines involving the Ministry of Magic and uncovering a CIA conspiracy. <laughs> um the top reply is, I can picture you posting and whining about the game being trash because it is not tailored according to every single trait and perk you want to have in it, lol. And then the OP responds, I think I could love the game regardless. Oh, that's a very nice reply to a very <laughs> aggressive comment. Yeah. Very then, aggressive for just a list. <laughs> and then they also, oh, the OP also follows up with just some ideas on what the game could have. They're just spitballing. Yeah, what the fuck? They just made a list. <laughs> just some ideas. Look, sometimes you want some internships, and you also want to know what the vibe with your teacher, with your headmaster is like. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Chanted druid armor. Are there druids in Harry Potter? I... Huh. I... Harry Potter druids. I mean, like... Druids have a long history, like, in England, right? And so, like, yeah, here we go. A druid was in Celtic times, a member of the learned and priestly classes. Uh, they were apparently skilled in wand making, and considering anything with a woody stem, a tree, produced wands made of vine, a tradition that was still followed by Ollivander in the 20th century. Some wand lore. But where was this mentioned? Okay, I guess I guess they are mentioned once in Philosopher's Stone, and then everything else is they're on wizarding cards in the video games. Okay. And the one, <laughs> yeah, the one uh, we got. Yeah, we have one one named druid who is uh, who is uh, uh, on a chocolate frog card in the games. Yeah, yeah. So, so enchanted. Druid armor, no idea where that's coming from, but Godspeed to them. I I I support them. I hope they get their enchanted druid armor. I hope that they get their sculpting the landscape minigame. Yeah, sculpting the landscape. Yeah, like 
honestly, this is a this is a very ambitious and and silly list. But one, I'm glad that I I, I will say that I I admire them for not just doing their like uh depressingly realistic wish list. You know, like yeah. like al- already being disappointed in the game. Um, and two, this sounds like a better video game. Absolutely, it does. Uh, there's one there's one little reply here that mm-hmm. I find very interesting. This this might be a nugget for future investigation. Enchanted Druid Armor, CIA Conspiracy, a veritable kitchen sink of magic and fantasy tropes. Are you a fan of the Iron Druid Chronicles by any chance? Ooh. I have never heard of this before. No. But maybe something to look into later. If this is if this is someone's very long-winded Iron Druid Chronicles reference that they posted to the Harry Potter subreddit. Oh, maybe they're on the wrong subreddit. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were posting about their Iron Druid Chronicles dream game instead. <laughs> um, I will have to check that out sometime. Uh, let's see. Just real quick, Googling this. Oh my god, Google it. Google Iron Druid Chronicles and look at the like images it shows you. Okay. Iron These Druid. are not the style of book covers I was expecting. Oh, whoa. Whoa. These are like hunky guy covers. What are these? Set in our world. Arizona. Witches, vampires, werewolves, demons, elementals. First person point of view. Ancient Druid, Atticus O'Sullivan. Whoa. The occult bookshop. Whoa. All the covers look like like set photos of guys on Lost, you know? Like, yeah, they do. They're all wearing t-shirts and, and carrying... Oh, this guy's got a flaming katana. Pretty cool. Oh, Book and- 4 has 4.15 stars on Goodreads. Ooh, hey, that's better than some stuff we've read. <laughs> oh, yeah. Besieged. Stories from the Iron Druid Chronicles. Wow. Yeah, they give this guy a triple A game. This guy's got a Viking sword that's on fire. Pretty cool. If Joss Whedon and Jim Butcher had a love child that would one day grow up and write a novel, this would be the novel he wrote. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Just uh, um, read some Goodreads reviews. <laughs> I'm being unsold. <laughs> unsold on this one. Oh my god. Huh. <laughs> All right. Well, um this is very fascinating, but we should probably take it to the close, what do you say? Sounds good. All right. Our theme song is Hamagonagal by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them as always for letting us use it as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp and you can find us at patreon.com/shriekcast. And uh, Liz, what are we reading next week? I believe we're reading chapter 18, and I think it's called Mind Over Matter. I'm thinking we both just have one chapter again, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. Ooh, that's 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 a relief, honestly. Uh, it's been a little, it feels a little unfairly skewed recently, uh, with you having to read like three or four chapters to my uh, yeah, one. Yeah, the three was pretty weird. Yeah, uh, that was a bit much. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 
you'll have plenty of time to please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise